to episode 102 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Shawin, and joining me tonight, once again, Mark Nadeau. Mark, how's everything going this evening? Good. Living life one second at a time. Yeah, literally one second at a time. Very good. Excellent. So unfortunately, Ash uh, was expected to be back tonight, but he had a family emergency uh, last second. And so he uh, is going to be unable to make the recording tonight, but all of our thoughts are with him. I think everything's fine. It's just a matter of uh, getting to the doctor before anything goes wrong. And so um, hopefully he will be able to uh, be back with us next week. And I also hope he gets a new soul. Yeah, uh, obviously. Yeah. I think that uh, goes without saying. Yes, because but. he wrecked his shoes. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very good. So tonight we are kicking off our brand new summer arc called the Slasher Resurgence arc. And this arc will be um, a bit different, a bit special, because it's going to contain three double feature episodes released bi-weekly instead of our typical one episode a week format. So... Tonight, we are looking um, at really the first post-Scream success, so another one that really helped create the second coming of the slasher film with uh, 97 and 1998's I Know What You Did Last Summer and its sequel, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, respectively, and then we will move on to round 32, I believe, of the Best in the Backlog Challenge. First, mm-hmm. though, let's talk about social media and how you can follow us outside of just listening to the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. You can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. Also, make sure you're following our Cinefessions Instagram account where Mark posts tons of reviews, media pickups, uh, virtually anything you can think of. Mark's rocking it out over there. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. And you can like our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Cinefessions. And also check out our long list of past reviews and all the previous 101 podcast episodes over at Cinefessions.com. And if you haven't already, search for Cinefessions on YouTube. Follow us there. You can find some uh, videos, some pickup videos. You can also find our 100th episode that we recorded live. So definitely check that out um, from about a month ago if you haven't already. And also, if you're a fan of the show, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, I cannot overstate how important iTunes reviews are to help a podcast grow. So please, if you do have a minute and you haven't yet, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes if you do um, uh, like what you're hearing every week. So finally, we are proud to tell you that this episode of the Cinefessions podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial, so all of our Cinefessions listeners get an opportunity to check out their services. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, your Android, and your Kindle devices. So head on over to audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions to get your free audiobook. That's audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions. All right, so moving into our week in media here. So I know... um, Mark, you and I both had uh, the past few days off. Well, not the past few days, but we had about five days off from uh, our last recording session, right? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you did a hell of a lot more than I did because um, I, I didn't really do too much. I just kind of relaxed and, and bullshitted, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. I spent a ton of time 
trying to spend some of the gift card money that I received for my birthday. Um, and I even did some trade-ins at GameStop uh, to take advantage of the 4 for $10 sale that they have going on. Okay. Um, but I don't really want to talk about what I purchased and all that because I am going to be doing a pickups video probably tomorrow night, I'm hoping, because I'm supposed to get the vast majority, if not the rest of my order uh, from that GameStop purchase tomorrow. And so oh, I gotcha. Do- yeah, and so I do want to just post a pickups video for that. And I'm instead of doing like a cell phone video on Facebook like I have been doing, I am going to try to do it as a YouTube video um, just because okay. it's going to be longer. And I think that's a better format for longer videos is YouTube. Um, and so, again, if you're not following us there, do that so you can get, uh, you know, be stay abreast of our updates there. Um, yes. And also on Facebook for a kind of the shorter the shorter videos I do. But yeah, so look for that one, like I said, in the coming days here. Um, but really, I, I've just been watching through more WrestleMania events the past week. Um, I'm now up to like the very beginning of WrestleMania 23, which is a special one for me because I was actually at that WrestleMania with my uncle. Um, oh, I didn't know that. It was, yeah, it was, it was the one in Ford Field right here in Detroit. Um, and so we got tickets for it, and it was just an amazing experience, as you might expect a WrestleMania to be. Question. Um, so I'm actually really, yeah. Did Kid Rock sing a national anthem or God Bless America or did anything interlude music wise? No, I not. No, Kid Rock did not. It, they had, um, really? it was a Motown artist. Okay. Uh, maybe Aretha Franklin. Ah, well, I can't she remember. Sang, she sang America the Beautiful number three, I believe. So that, I think, and I think it was her. It was an homage to that. Yes. An homage. I, I think it okay. was. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I haven't watched the event from start to finish since I was there live, I don't think. So, I mean, that's fuck. That's a, almost a decade ago. No, it's Jesus. That's like 12, 13 years ago. That's a long time ago, whatever it is. And well, so you know I just, I don't remember all the details. My first wrestling event, and I believe I might have mentioned this before on the podcast, mm-hmm. was In Your House 4, the debut of Goldust. And <laughs> oh, awesome. I rewatched it on the network when I had it at the time. Yeah. And, uh, it's unwatchable. It's so really. Bad. Oh, I, I gotta watch Razor it now. I'll add it to X- my list. Yeah, Razor Ramon and X Pack. I think they wrestled two, three times, or they came out so many different times. Really? The main event got switched because of an injury. Um, oh, was what was yeah, the main event? Do you remember? It was supposed to be Sean Diesel, I think, and oh, it became okay, British Bulldog Diesel. I could be wrong. I tried to wipe it off my my memory banks. Yeah. Um, That's just but, a bad uh, apart from Goldust debuting. Oh, yeah. It's pre-NWO. Um, yeah, so it's like Godwins. and right? Pre-Attitude. Yeah, Samuel right. Vega. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's not it's not the best wrestling, but it's right. still cool to see the old Winnipeg Arena. And what's oh, also God. funny is that the local CFL uh, football team, the Blue Bombers, uh, they had some players in the front row for the wrestling. So they were like on the – so they're on the hard camera. So they were like being filmed. <laughs> And I guess one guy sat in Chris Walby's seat, and then okay. part of a match is a Chris Walby going to his seat and having the guy taken out of his seat by an usher. If it was was there an usher, maybe yeah, maybe football players don't need ushers. I don't know, but right. uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah. It's 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 nostalgic, but it's not good. That's awesome. I'm definitely gonna have to look it up and uh, take a take a watch and see see how how bad it is. But yeah, drink. Yeah, uh, exactly. Drink. Yeah, but um, yeah, this is also the WrestleMania with Donald Trump, and so that's the oh, only- your president. Yes, our president. That's right. I heard right he's on vacation right now. 
Yeah, no, no, he refuses to call it vacation. <laughs> but yes, yes, in fact, he is on vacation. Oh, and that's good. Everybody and we're, and we're going to war with North Korea pretty soon, too. So that's exciting news we found out today. What? But yeah. I, I had not... my nose in a keto cooking book all day, yeah. <laughs> so I was not aware of that. Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, so that's that's really what I've been doing. And I'm excited to finally watch through it again just because it's been so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember like some of my biggest memories that stick with me were Edge getting like they do the, you know, how the referees put the X above their head and that's supposed to be a legit injury. And yes. so I remember being at White Castles after the event because my uncle's obsessed with White Castles and we go there after every event we do. And um, so it's late. We're at White Castle standing in line. There's other people there from the event and they were talking about, oh, yeah, Edge really broke his back or is what I've been hearing. And so like all these rumors, you know, um, I couldn't mm-hmm. just jump on my phone or maybe I could, I, but I didn't jump on my phone and, you know, check online because it was a long time ago. Yeah, I and don't think you so, could. Yeah, I don't think I could either. Uh, at least me, I didn't have the cable. I had a flip phone for the longest time, but, um, yeah. And so I was thinking, oh my God, Edge is like dead basically almost, you know, and like taking that home and then waiting until the next or that evening or the next morning, whatever it was to actually check and see that he was in fact, okay. Well, um, so I remember sh- that ladder I'm, match, but yeah, I'm sure if you were to call the, uh, Jim Ross 1-800 line, <laughs> you could find out right away after the event. Oh man. Yeah. Exactly. It's only four ninety five a minute. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. I love seeing that on the network, watching like specifically the old WCW stuff. Um, yep. And they really pushed Mean Gene's hotline on those events and just like the number not in service anymore running through the bottom of the event. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's like three ninety nine a minute. And I was like, holy shit. Well, but, what I used to do was I used to take baths and I would okay. lather myself while listening to the to, uh Mean Gene Okerlund tell me the results of uh, Boise, yeah. Idaho's uh, house show. <laughs> and I never felt cleaner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. That, that is worth worth your money. No doubt about it. <laughs> but yeah. And so other than that, I've been uh, kind of just wasting time reading up on um, Out of the Park Baseball 2018, uh, Franchise Hockey Manager 3, and some other like text-based sports simulator, simulator games. Um, that would okay. allow me to yeah create my own custom league. Um, and so basically what I was trying to do was, and I did this in Franchise Hockey Manager 2, which I own, but I can't get the settings the way I want them because what I want to do is create like a, I, I don't care if I'm doing it in baseball or hockey, whatever, just create like a six-team league and be able to use real players mm-hmm. in this custom league and just like kind of run it and, and see what happens, you know, see if I, you know, making it grow throughout the years. I, I'm just such a fucking nerd when it comes to sports video games so like this is the shit i enjoy doing you like stats yeah yeah absolutely and so i just haven't been able to do that with franchise like manager two i can do it with number three but it's like 30 bucks and then out of the park baseball is 40 bucks so it's like ah, i've just been waiting because everything i've bought this past week has been all with gift cards and so i've not spent any money and that was the goal okay. Because, yeah. I, you know, I just don't want to spend a ton of money, but these I'd actually have to spend money on. So that's why I've just been waiting. But I've been reading about those, reading about other people's franchises online, things like that. But um, all these text-based t- uh, games, can't you just mm-hmm. get them for free off of BBS or something? Um, downloading? I, I'm sure I could. I, oh. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't, down- Frank, I haven't downloaded like software like that since, man, I don't know, a long time. Yeah, so I, I think the know. last thing I downloaded off of BBS was a Pam Anderson nude from Playboy. 
I don't even, Frank, I don't even know what the hell BBS stands for. Oh, uh, it's, it's like an electronic bulletin board before the internet was the internet. Oh, okay. It's like, it's like dial up, like, ugh, yeah, gotcha. it's all like text based games. You have to buy, get credits. And... I, yeah, I used to like download like old porn through like Morpheus. I remember it was like. <laughs> you get the odd JPEG like... every eight minutes or so. <laughs> yeah, it was really high tech back then. It really oh, got me. Man. Yeah. It really got me out of bed before school. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but yeah so that that's pretty much all i did i helped my sister move on saturday but uh other than that i just kind of laid about and relaxed for my days off so what yeah. about you what did you do with your time uh well i watched a shit ton of, of movies um just huh? because i am going through my netflix uh alpha the zulu challenge right now so I'm in uh, I'm in my Netflix mode. So I've been able to bang out quite a few movies for work uh, on night shifts. So uh, yeah, I I uh, I'm almost done already. It's kind of crazy. Which is, I, yeah, uh, that is because I feel like it takes you I don't know three times as long normally. I feel like it takes you about a month, month and a half, maybe more, to do some of the other ones. And this one, it was like fucking five days. <laughs> well, it, it's it's that. Well, first of all, I kind of cheated a bit where I did some Netflix stuff while I was in the process of moving. Just because everything okay. was boxed up, so I didn't want to waste any time. So right. I got maybe a third to maybe half of that uh, alphabet done. And uh, ever since that work, it's been so freaking slow. And uh, gotcha. I've been able to bang almost two movies a night. Wow. So Yeah. Uh, of course, I'm I'm in an odd location for letters right now. Like uh, I just uh, downloaded uh, like the, the U's and the W's and all that stuff. So... Actually, I just finished uh, U, so I'm at the letter. Actually, I just finished W. No, no, oh, no. Wow. W was for the W was for the uh, was for the backlog challenge. So yeah, so I'm at U. So next film is V, which uh, to my chagrin, it's a uh, Vampire Academy. So I'm going <laughs> oh, kind of no, teeny bopper looked, on the next one. That looks yeah. terrible. So I hope I'm not caught uh, in the bathroom watching it. Um, anyways, <laughs> so I watched a whole bunch. Uh, I'm going to go through them a little quickly here. Yeah. Just because, uh, well, some of them are being reviewed for, for later on. Um, I watched, uh, actually, I watched uh, this one on Blu-ray, A Horrible Way to Die from 2010. It's an Adam Green film. It's one of his earlier films before he kind of blew up with Your Next and uh, whatnot. So uh, this one had uh, A.G. Bowen. And uh, the reason why I bought this was because of Bowen and uh, Adam Green. Um, I do enjoy the work a lot. And it was actually pretty decent. It was a spin on the uh, on the serial killer genre of horror movies. So okay. I kind of liked that one from 2010. Uh, and then I got really disappointed. Uh, I watched Punk's Dead, SLC Punk 2 from 2016. It's a sequel to SLC Punk from fuck, 1997, 98, 99. There we go. Um, it starred Matthew Lillard and it had uh, uh, Devin Shawa and the guy from uh, the guy from Go uh, uh, James. Uh, let me go here, James Duval. So pretty much, it's a sequel where Matthew Lillard did not want to participate in this film, so he's not in it. So it's the story of Heron Bob. I guess, well, he's a character from the first film, which I haven't seen the first film in a long time. So I had to actually look up the characters to see if it was actually um, them 20 years later. Um, so Heron Bob had a kid with uh, a girl, but he died of an overdose before the kid was born. So he never knew his dad. So dad was a hardcore punk. He's some gothic punk kid. 
His mom's a steampunker. It's really weird. And he gets broken up. Uh, his first love breaks up with him. So now he's going on a bender and his mom is uber protective and needs to find him because she's afraid that he's going to die just like his dad of an overdose. It's oh, wow. so dumb. It's 75 minutes long. It got kickstarted. So the final 20 minutes is at a concert. And there's all these inserts, these insert shots that are so unnecessary. Like they're going bowling, but they're racing to Utah to go see a concert. Um, the mom freaking out that her son's drinking for the first time, even though he's in, well, he's still 18, which is legal in the US. But anyways, um, it's a horrible film. I was so pissed off. It really, it really wasted my time, even though it was only 75 minutes long. So I gave that mm. half a star because that's the lowest rating possible on, <laughs> uh, letterboxed. Um, I saw Hacksaw Ridge. Drinking at 18 was legal in the US? No, it's illegal in the US. It's legal in Canada. Oh, illegal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have to wait a few years. Uh, which yeah, is I know. Too bad. You guys, that's why, because I'm so close to you guys up in Canada. That's why when we yeah, turn 19, we go to you guys. <laughs> did, did you go drinking a lot in Canada prior to turning 21? Um, I mean, a good amount. Yeah. A good amount. Not a ton, but a, definitely a, a decent amount. Oh, I totally would have. So would yeah. I. I totally would have done that too. It's kind yep. of garbage. But I remember whatever. right when I met my now wife, she was 20. She was going to be 21 in like a couple, like month or something after I met her. Yeah, a month. And uh, so we ended up one of our first outings with my group of friends. We went over to Canada mm -hmm. and uh, drank there. So that was fun. Oh, good. Did we treat you okay? Of course. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love going over there. Exactly. Uh, That's just so nice. Yeah, Except the fucking border. Pretty... I hate the border patrol assholes. Not on Canada generally. It's usually the assholes in the States when ah, we come back. They're just pricks. They're doing their job. I, I know. I they understand. Are. They are. You know? yep. That's what I said too. Yeah. Their job is, is literally is. to keep try to keep terrorists out. I mean, I understand they're, why they're assholes, but it just sucks because you know you're not, <laughs> you're not doing anything well, wrong, but I still get nervous every time I walk up, I drive up to it. It's but. not so much that. It's more like, hey, did you uh, buy stuff? Are you going to pay duty because you want your taxes? Oh, like, yeah. See, I, yeah, the past few sure, times we've been over there. Sure, thing, but the same time, it's like, yeah, I bought $50 worth of Blu-rays. You want to tax me five bucks? <laughs> Fine. I don't care. <laughs> Speaking right. of, I have a, my coworker. She's driving to the States right now with a big haul for me. So oh, hopefully good. I can take pictures of it now and then slowly put them on uh, Instagram so I can have some content while I'm out of commission with my movies. Right. Um. Yeah. So back to the, the films here. Uh, I watched Hacksaw Ridge, uh, the Mel Gibson film from oh, last okay. year. Mm -hmm. Didn't like it. Oh, okay. Um, I'm surprised. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Me too. Um, I thought that Andrew Garfield, well, I'm not a fan of his acting. Uh, I liked him oh. in Spider-Man, but yeah. I don't like him in this at all. It's like he was channeling Forrest Gump oh. in this movie. But then we saw, uh, we saw. Uh, I guess it was like our archived interviews with the actual character, like the real person. Mm -hmm. And I guess he kind of spoke a little like that or... Just, just you know, just like you know, southern drawl, but like you know, just a good country boy, yeah. you know, um, yeah. So it just, I guess, it kind of matched the way he spoke. But I, I didn't. All I could think of is Tom Hanks the whole time. Um, <laughs> I didn't like it very much. Uh, the second half of the film is so much better than the first half. But uh, I, I just, I just at that point, I had made my mind up already. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that. And then I counterpointed that with Full Metal Jacket, which is one of my favorite all time horror, uh, pardon me, war movies. Um, that movie scared me so much as a kid to a point where I didn't even want to think about joining the army growing up. That was never a thought in my mind. Yeah. Harley Emery just scarred me for life. I saw that movie way too young. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's one of my favorites. It's so good. 
Um, I watched Queen of the Earth from uh, 2015. This is on the Netflix as well uh, because I need a letter Q for a film. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had uh, Elizabeth Moss, which I was a big fan of, and Patrick Fugit, which I don't recall seeing since uh, Almost Famous. So that was kind of cool to see him, uh, you know, fuck, 20 years later almost. Yeah. Um, this is a mumblecore dramedy. Well, not, not a dramedy. It's a mumblecore drama thriller about somebody going mad. Um, it's it's actually pretty good. I'm, a, again, fan of Elizabeth Moss, you know, the girl from uh, Mad Men. Um, I believe she's on a show in, on Netflix. It's a cop show. Ah, I, I can't think of it right now. I haven't seen it yet, but it's on my queue. Um, but she's really good, and she drives the film. Like, she's the main character, and I really dug her. Um, What's it called again? Queen of Earth from 2015. Uh, okay. It's directed by uh, Crew. Directed by Alex Ross Perry, which hmm. I'm not familiar with his work. Um, but it's also uh, one of the producers is Joe Swanberg, and he's in that big mumblecore um I guess category, you know, he's uh, him and uh, the guy who did Creep. Shit, he's in everything. Um, I can't recall. I'm sorry. So I'll, I'll just skip it. Fine. But uh, I, I did enjoy this one. It was pretty decent. Um, I watched Disco Godfather from 1979. Oh, I own that one. Yeah, That's another Vinny... one I won from Smart Me it... Jerk Faces contest like uh, uh, Larva. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did not yeah. know that. Um, yeah, so I got the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray. Okay. And it is fucking beautiful. Uh, the restoration in 2K looks amazing. The film itself is goofy as fuck. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's 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 Rudy Ray Moore's attempt to be like a public service a service announcement against Angel Dust. Um, <laughs> so it, it feels a lot like an after school special. Okay. Um, and it, it it's fun because like you know it's it's fuck the the film's uh, 38 years old. So you know the fashion's outdated. Um, just Rudy Ray Moore. Being Rudy Ray Moore, his lines are are just hilarious. Um, it, it's totally worth checking out. I, I actually really dug it. I've seen two of his films now. I still have to watch P.D. Wheatstraw and um, Harlem Godfather, I think it's called. Shit, I don't remember. But he's got... Uh, Vinegar Syndrome released four of his titles last year. And I'm slowly going through them. So uh, Disco was worth checking out. Disco... Um, you said right disco godfather from 1979 oh, okay i i fucked up no i was thinking disco exorcist okay oh no but i watched that uh, i saw that on uh, midnight pulp oh okay yeah, yeah I so i did about see that one as well yeah, yeah i remember oh, uh, the human and, tornado guy yeah okay yeah that's the other one human tornado pd waits yeah. on the human tornado that's it okay. um yeah uh, disco exorcist has some really good boobage in it oh nice Dot, dot, dot. Um, (laughs) Uh, Continuing on my path here, I watched uh, Under the Shadow uh, from 2016. It's on Netflix. It's based in Iran, and it's during the Iraq-Iran missile crisis. Um, It's a British production, but uh, it's it's actually filmed in Persian. So I watched it uh, in Persian with English subtitles. And for, for not having seen too many films from that culture... Um, I really dug the horror elements of the movie just because it seemed kind of fresh to me. Like what makes them scared, you know? Um, mm. So this is a supernatural thriller. Ah, thriller. It's a supernatural horror film. I really liked it a lot. Um, the actress, uh, her name is uh, Narjez Rashidi. And I guess she's on a really popular TV show right now, which, of course, I cannot find at my fingertips. 
at the tip of my fingertips. Anyways, um, she's really good in that movie. And she's a bit of a badass where, you know, they're under, I believe, Sharia law. Oh, the girlfriend experience? But, uh, that's it. There we okay. go. Um, so she doesn't like to wear the head cover. She doesn't, uh, you know, she works out. They have a VCR in the house that they have to hide when people come over. So it reminded me a lot of uh, Chuck Norris versus communism. Because okay. she was like, her, her, her big possession was a Jane Fonda workout tape that she would use every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she, she was very Americanized for that timeline. Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting. I really dug that. Um, quickly, uh, I watched at the Mayfair, The Little Hours from 2017. And this is, uh, it's a comedy with uh, Alison Brie from Glow, uh, Aubrey Plaza, um, Dave Franco, John T. Reilly's in it, Molly Shannon, Fred Armisen. Um, I guess Kate Mikusi from Garfunkel and Oates, Oates and Garfunkel. I know her, yeah, I know her from the Big a, Bang Theory. A, she plays a smaller role in there but ah well you see her naked in this one Woo. Um, really? so it's oh dude yeah it's based in 1347 wow. at a nun convent and the, you know it's, it's it's 1347 but they speak like today so like fuck you and what the fuck are you looking at and they're nuns you know mm-hmm. and it's how okay i wouldn't say hilarious but it's very funny like okay. I, I i really dug it i i really really dug it Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, and apart from that, well, I can go on with two more here. Yeah. Um, I watched Road Games from 2015. And now I'm not sure if it's a remake of Road Games from like this early 80s, 80s with yeah. um, with uh, Stacey Keach. Exactly. Um, I never saw the original, so I think it's just a remake by name alone. But it's about uh, this couple. Or this guy who's hitchhiking through France, heading back to England, meets a girl hitchhiker. Uh, they they chill out together. They get picked up by a, a French guy. He invites them to their house to meet his wife. And just things get really weird as the day and night progress. Mm-hmm. Um, half the movie's in French. And they flip-flop back in French and English a lot. And okay. it's a Parisian French, obviously, because it's in France. Um, I really liked it a lot. Um, I thought the casting was good, except for one thing. Um, so we have an English actor, a French actress, uh, a French actor playing the guy who picked up uh, the hitchhikers, mm-hmm. and then his wife, Barbara Cramden, yeah, from Reanimator. Wow! And I just thought it was a weird casting choice. I like her a lot. Yeah, um, name recognition. And, but is it like did they cast her just for the name recognition for North America? Right. I honestly don't know. And I didn't know anything about this movie. I knew she had made a movie similar to this. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was this one when I started the film. So when I saw her on scene, I'm like, oh, wow, it's Barbara Cramden. Like, who doesn't like seeing her? I just thought it was kind of weird seeing her in this film. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And the last one I watched uh, it was a documentary from yesterday called uh, Sour Grapes from 2016 about the, um, the world of uh, vintage wine auctions. And how uh, some young guy weaseled his way into the inner circle and uh, may have uh, flooded the market with uh, counterfeit or forged um, wine bottles. Oh, so wow. Okay. Re- it was really interesting. It's short. I think it's only like 85 minutes long. But wow. it was really interesting just because I'm not a wine guy, first of all. But I find, you know, when people have that much money to spend on wine, uh, I like to see what, they, what makes them tick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so... That's pretty much it for me, movie-wise. Um, video game-wise, I haven't touched a single thing. 
But as soon as I said on the podcast, you know what? I'm not going to download that Namco Museum for the Switch. <laughs> I downloaded the Namco Museum for the Switch. Um, I, I find the screen, um, you know, it, it's more rectangular. Uh, so the playing or the view, the viewing area to play the game, uh, because it's kind of condensed because they want the sides of like the arcade to, to bring back the old arcade aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, so the actual play field is kind of small. So I'd have to try it again, like on the projector on the bigger screen TV. Right. I just saw it like watching, playing Pac-Man on it. It was a very small area to play on that machine. Hmm. Um, but uh, I tried Splatterhouse and I just suck at the game. So I didn't pass the yeah. first level, but it looks right. good. It looks arcadey and not like a 16 bit port, but the actual okay. arcade port, uh, ports That's of the game, cool. which I like. And speaking right. of ports, I did get the uh, my email today saying that my retro engine Sigma is being shipped or it has Hell shipped. Oh yeah! So right now I checked; it's at a port in Hong Kong right now. I was so, gonna say uh, yeah. I got mine last week. We were t- I was talking about that, and mine is still in like I, I don't know. It's like in Vietnam or something like somewhere over there in, in like somewhere in Asia. And I was like, really, oh, I didn't yeah. expect it to be that far away still after a week. And I was like, oh wow, okay. Yeah, That's so I should get it by the end of the month. I would assume so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess I'll play it next month. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited to get mine. Oh, that's what I didn't talk about. Speaking of that, mm-hmm. well, hang on. I'm, my, my mind's going everywhere right now. I wanted to mention, I was looking at road games on um, IMDb as you were talking about it. And there's yep. in like the more like this section, there's a movie called Amateur Porn Star Killer from 2006. And I was like, oh, that's Ooh. a weird title. It's rated X. And then I was scrolling Ooh. through that and it turns out. It's not just a single film. It's a fucking trilogy called Ooh. The Amateur Porn Star Killer. One, two, and then three, the final chapter. It's like, oh, that is interesting as hell. I'm kind of interested in checking to see what the hell that's about. But So, so am I now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I ended up selling, uh, returning to Amazon my, my Raspberry Pi 3. Okay. How come? I just got sick of dealing with it, essentially. Um, I couldn't get the uh, PS4 controller to work with it the way I wanted it to. And so then I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to reset this whole thing and and start anew. And I did that. And then I was like, man, like, this is such a pain. This now I got to re-download like all these different things for it that had already downloaded previously to make it look well um, and make it look good, like how I wanted it. And then then I tried to do something else and it wasn't working. It stopped recognizing the keyboard. And I was like, you know what? Like. This just isn't for me. Like, first yeah. off, I was disappointed because I couldn't play anything really past PlayStation. And because I couldn't get the PlayStation remote to work, I couldn't even play those. So I was like, ah, I was disappointed in that. And then okay. I got the the notification that my Retro Sigma shipped. And so I was like, you know, I, I just, I don't need it. I was thinking I'll have one in one room and the other in another room. But really, I just, I don't need them in separate rooms. And so I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get my 60 bucks that I spent on it back and just spend that on something else and so that's and what i ended up doing the, how, how much was the pi 3 um it's it, i normally it's 70 i got the bundle for 60 um but i okay. actually only paid out of pocket 10 bucks because i had a 50 dollar gift card from my gift birthday card. um yeah so i only paid 10 bucks for it but i got the, i got the money back and so i'm gonna put that towards something else i'll probably put it towards some towards some movies just because i haven't bought many movies recently yeah. um frankly at all this year like i mentioned last week but I'm not sure what I'm going to spend it on, but I just figured, you know, with the retro Sigma finally getting shipping notification and this thing just pissing me off, frankly, yeah. uh, I just got tired of it. And so that's, 
I, I and I don't want to talk badly about it because you know there's millions out there that use it and love it and it does everything they want it to. I'm just impatient and like you were saying last week, I want to plug and play. I knew yeah. I wasn't going to be able to plug and play, and what I had to do wasn't terribly difficult. I didn't think, but it's troubleshooting where it comes into the issue because I don't know how to, I don't know like the programming back end of it. And so when something goes wrong, it's when it gets complicated. And that's when I was just, I just said, forget it. So well, It's funny you also mentioned about you haven't bought too many movies this year. Yeah. Um, so Kino Lorber, uh, I gave you a, a, oh, yeah. a heads up on that last week. Uh, my buddy Mike, Mike Hassler advised me, um, unfortunately, that uh, Kino Lorber was having a super, super uh, awesome deal on their website. Mm -hmm. So obviously, because I have no self-control, I had to go check it out. Yeah. And uh I think I was on page 15 of their Blu-ray sale and mm -hmm. had 54 titles in my Jeez. cart. <laughs> so obviously I, I couldn't buy them all. Right. And then became a game of Sophie's Choice of yeah. uh, who do I keep and who do mm -hmm. I purge until next time. Um, so, so I finished off with still buying 22 movies. Holy shit. But yeah, they're like, all I, average. Uh, they're all like between $8.98 and uh, the most expensive one was thirteen forty nine. Yeah. There were uh, a, a few I wanted, but I like I just it's just matter. I was waiting for payday, and then when payday came, I had to pay bills, and I was like, "Fuck!" I just don't have a ton of extra money left over, and so that's yeah. why I didn't end up picking anything out. But even going through it, there was only uh, like a handful maybe that I wanted, and probably only two or three that I actually would have pulled the trigger on if I just had the extra funds to spend. Well, I did not have the extra funds to spend, um, so. Uh, <laughs> But I do have some overtime coming, so I'm glad. That I'm, right. I'm I'm horrible. Like, thank you, Mike. But at the same time, Mike, fuck yourself. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> you're, Mike. You're, you're not helping me, Mike. But you know, I will <laughs> shake your hand, and give you a hug when I see you next. Uh, but uh, I'm so like, I pretty much stuck uh, stuck to like 70s and 80s titles because that's what they're really much uh, they're really known for yeah. for their reissues. Um, but I am so excited to get the Apple on Blu-ray. I've never seen it. It's a canon musical with a Catherine Mary blah, 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 from um, from um, uh, Night of the Comet and The Last Starfighter. Um, huh. It just I know of the, I only know of this movie because of the canon uh, Electric Boogaloo documentary. That's the only oh, reason why. Okay. So and I'm like, that. I have to watch. Oh, dude, it's a great doc. Um, so yeah, I bought a whole bunch. Like I got Malone, Solar Babies, Gator, Married to the Mob, FX and FX Two. Um, no See, Man's Land, Manhattan Project, stuff. and I saw on Facebook today that they're doing a pre pre order sale. Um, so if oh. you pre order some of their titles, you get you know a really good deal. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna because I got 22 movies coming. Right, but uh, they're releasing at the end of September, a Space Camp, and I must have Space Camp Blu-ray. I don't oh, own I it on DVD. Oh, dude, it's a childhood classic. Like I like okay. to to me, it's like Goonies in space. Oh, where gotcha. These kids go to NASA for like a summer camp, mm -hmm. and of course, there's a little robot that's like you know, like an ET slash Mac from Mac and Me type of character that's right. friends with the smallest, the youngest kid. You know, it's like oh, Max wants <laughs> to go to space. I will launch spaceship. You know, so mm -hmm. so when they practice, you know, their 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 startups for the engines, it actually launches them to space. And now it's up to NASA to bring these kids back down from space. It's fucking awesome. And I believe, oh, Kelly Preston, I believe that's one of her first films. Oh, okay. I could be completely wrong, but I believe that's her. Interesting. Um, so I'm sure the movie sucks, 
but nostalgia wise, <laughs> it's right up there. So right. uh, when that comes out, when they have the next sale, I'm totally buying it. Oh, and with this Kinoloper thing, even though I had to pay the exchange rate, which sucked, it added mm-hmm. like an extra 80 bucks to my order. Oh, um, f- yeah, uh, free shipping though. So I'm like, sweet, oh, nice. free shipping in Canada. Canada. I didn't have to, wow. Oh, yeah. I didn't have to like do a border thing and then claim mm-hmm. that, you know, at the border, it, it's shipping straight to me. So, um, Awesome. Yeah, awesome. And like their films are, or I guess their releases, they're so fucking good. So uh, thank you, Kino Lober. The other thing that pissed me off about that sale, because I was, when I first heard about it, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go through. And I added probably like you had, you know, 30, 40, 50 things in my cart. Yeah. And then the fucking cart deleted them all on my phone. Oh. I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, I, oh my, I was so pissed. So then I was like, okay, maybe it's just because it was on my phone. Like I'm going to log into my account and do it yeah. that way. Did it on my computer. Again, probably 30 plus titles in my cart. That I, Not that I wanted to purchase necessarily, but that I wanted to check out more about them to see if that was something I'd wanted to own. Yeah. And they fucking deleted them too. And that's oh, that when I was sucks. like, fuck it. That's why I gave up. And then you mentioned it and I put, I pulled it up again and I was just like, no, forget it. Like nothing I want here. Like just move on. And then they tweeted it. It was the last day and I picked up my phone again. And I was like, you know what? Let me just make sure. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I was on page three and I was like, no, I'm done. I went through these 20 pages three times already. Like I'm yeah, not fucking doing it again. I did all my phone. But the reason why I put so many in my basket is because I, I didn't buy anything during the Scream Factory sale. Just okay. because, you know, the caches wasn't there. I'm trying, I'm trying yeah. to be fiscally responsible, but you guys are forcing me to buy these things, which <laughs> right. are low, low prices. Um, so that's the reason why I kind of maybe went a little overboard. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm still hoping for another Screen Factory sale. Probably won't be till, like, you know, Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to have to load up then. But, uh, yeah, I just got to find time to watch these motherfuckers now. Right. Because we know we all know you're going to pick up a shit ton when you go to Toronto and Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 Toronto. I, I'm not too sure. Uh, I'll, I'll be like autograph. You have, uh, that's right. Poster, autographing. A of, right. A lot of autograph plans. So. But I will have time to go look around. Um, yeah. But Cleveland, I'm going to destroy uh, mm-hmm. vinegar syndrome and Severin. I'm going to get as yeah. much as I can. So right. You know, I haven't been there in a year. I didn't go in April. So uh, they'll right. have a lot of stuff that I want. And Man, they have my show furry now on Blu-ray. I want a copy of that big time. So I'm hoping they have some for sale when the time comes at the end of September. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for is another um, vinegar, uh, another vinegar syndrome sale or um, Scream Factory sale. Just because there's a good number that I'd like to pick up that I kind of passed on on the last two sales. Yeah, um, but I'm hoping you know they have them, and I'm hoping that I have some extra funds at that point to uh, pick some up. Ah, line of credit. Who cares? <laughs> Uh, live like me going on <laughs> live like me i'm losing my hair i'm stressed to the gills hey don't oh. answer the phone it's a tax collector <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, you awesome. live once. so right exactly right so let's move over to our review for the week or first one of two for this week so we'll start with the first one i know what you did last summer from 1997 so as always there will be spoilers for uh, this film and its sequel. So if you've not seen these two, definitely uh, pause the podcast now. Go watch them. And then come on back and hit play and uh, enjoy our discussion of both of these films. So I know what you did last summer. The original U.S. theatrical release date of October 17th, 1997. Just about a year after the release of Scream, which I believe came out Christmas Day, uh, 1996. This one was directed by Jim Gillespie, written by Kevin Williamson, 
which is always fascinating to me because obviously he is the uh, famous writer from thanks to Scream and a bunch mm-hmm. of other things. But uh, that's really where he got his notoriety was Scream. Um, and it's based on a novel by Lois Duncan or Louis. I think it's Lois Duncan. Lois. Yep. Uh, has an IMDb score of 5.6 out of the 111,800 and there we go. I was trying to update the, the votes. <laughs> 111,920 votes, a Metacritic score of 52, a 35% tomato meter score with an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 40%. It had a $17 million budget with a $72.2 million gross. It has a 101-minute runtime with a cut version, apparently clocking in, at about 99 minutes. But I don't know how you see that version, because my version was 101 minutes. Yeah, I'm looking at mine as well, and it doesn't say. I'm assuming I have the regular edition. Yeah, I would imagine so. Excellent. So, do you want to know what my IMDb rating was? Now, mind you. I think I, I just rated this one back in 2012 during the inaugural Cinefashion Summer Screams Challenge when I watched the entire trilogy. Okay. But what do you think, sir, that I gave this film? <sighs> okay, so it's, uh, it's, you said it's 2012? 2012, right? Yep, 2012, yep. Okay, uh, whatever I say. <laughs> um, I'm going to say you probably gave this a 9 out of 10. Oh, ding, 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 ding. We have really? a winner. Yep. Hey. Yes, exactly right. And, you know, I was thinking about it, speaking, you know, talking about our history with the film. I think this was probably only the second slasher film I'd ever seen behind Scream because I saw that one and then I saw this one um, because I loved the first one so much. And I had uh, my sister's friend's mother was a really cool person. I used to hang out at their house and play video games and whatnot in uh, I was 10 at this point, and she really liked horror movies, so she would take me to see some of these movies that my parents didn't care that I saw, but they didn't want to go to them. And okay, so well, I think so that's how I saw down. Both of these. So your sister's <laughs> friend's mother. Yeah. What's the age difference between both of you? Um, between uh, the mother and me? Uh, yeah, look, was a she lot. Was a teen mom? Was she no. a teen mom? No, So probably. was she like 35 and you're yeah. like 16? No, no, no. I like, was 10. Uh, it doesn't matter. And then she said, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, uh, I wish I had an exciting life like that. But unfortunately, I did not. Uh, um, we can always protect for the podcast. Exactly. I know I should have gone with it, but I blew oh, yeah. it. It's okay. But the, the, yeah. The and so I think I, because I would, I know I saw like Halloween and, and things like that after the fact. Because uh, I think Scream is kind of what really got in me into this first, into it the first time. At least that I can remember. Like mm-hmm. I just I just don't remember too terribly much in between like you know uh, when I first started having memories and when I first started watching horror films it's just like I remember watching like E T a shit ton and wrestling a shit ton and yeah. you know in the basement and just kids movies mm-hmm. but I remember around this time is when I really started watching horror so I think this is probably only the second horror film I ever watched and I loved it when I saw it, saw it for the first time in theaters it just you okay. know blew me away so yeah. uh, what's your history with I know what you did last summer. Well, um, I saw this movie twice in the theaters. Oh wow! Uh, okay, because I was uh, I was in my first year of university. Oh wow! Okay. And I was uh, dating this girl, and I didn't really start dating till university. 
because I was a I was a wallflower, and yeah. uh, I, I really like this girl a lot. University, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so I took this girl to see it, and uh, she really liked it. But then she wanted to take her brothers as well, so I went to see it a second time with her. Okay. Then we kept looking at each other when the scary stuff happened. Mm-hmm. which would set off the brothers like oh something's gonna happen right right um yeah so uh yeah i, I remember i remember seeing this uh, twice um and then pretty much i had forgotten i even had this on dvd i was looking for like you know a streaming service that would actually carry it yeah amazon.ca or amazon prime canada has it um, oh, okay. amazon us also but since my roku is set up for like us uh streaming services yeah, yeah. I can't access it, which was a pain in the butt. So then I just checked my DVDs. I'm like, why do I own I still know in Blu-ray? And I don't know. I don't own I know what you did. (laughs) Um, And actually, I did. That's not you. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so I had I I have the original on DVD and I got uh, I still know on Blu-ray. So uh, so, yeah. So that's that's pretty much my history to it. Okay. Very good. Yeah. I actually own the trilogy on on DVD. And that's what I ended up watching back in 2012. And I never ended up upgrading to Blu-ray on any of them. I'll be honest, I had no idea there was a third one up until like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. The, and the reason we're not going to talk about it is because there's virtually no relation to this that's worth talking about. It's a okay. completely different set of people. Um, frankly, I don't remember who the bad who the baddie is uh, exactly, but I think it's supernatural, whereas these oh, obviously really? are not. And so, yeah. Well, you know what? Weird. I- I forgot who the bad guy was. Like, I knew who the bad guy was. I could, I could mm-hmm. picture his his face. I just couldn't okay. recall the re- the relation gotcha. in this one. So it was it was a nice little trip down memory lane this time. Yeah. And, you know, even though I saw this in 2012, I pretty uh, – like, I knew who he was, but I it, it took a bit for me to kind of connect the dots to remember, oh, yeah, that's who that is exactly. Um, yeah. The second one, though, I remembered very well, and I think mm-hmm. it's because – it's not hidden as well, but we'll talk about that when we get to it, I guess. But sure, yeah. So, um, I love like the the very opening scene that plays this this remix. You know, I don't. It's summer breeze makes me feel fine, and it's like a happy mm-hmm. song. But it's played this remixed version of it over the opening credits, and I really like that. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a cover by Typo Negative. Oh, okay. And the reason why I know that is that this was one of the first soundtrack or one of the only soundtracks I bought on CD. Oh, nice. The music in this film is pretty awesome. Yeah, and I, think- uh, I even checked iTunes and they okay. don't have I Know on iTunes, but they have oh. I Still Know, which I will not touch. But this movie here, the, the music is pretty fucking good. Yeah, I know. I agree 100%. Yeah. Um, I really like, uh, I'll talk about it later, their use of Hush. I don't know why, Hush, but that yeah. always stuck with me whenever I watch these films. Yeah, but, Summer Breeze and Hush are the two really big ones. But then okay, they've got some yeah. some other ones that actually are like, oh, that's actually not bad, you know? Mm-hmm. I think the, funny first... enough, the two big songs are the two, or two covers as well. You know, Hush is not uh, an original song either. It's it's a cover, so. Oh, I, I d- you know, Deep I didn't Purple. know that, I guess. Yeah, Deep Purple, I believe, uh, did Hush first. Okay. Wow, see, you learn something new all the time. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, (laughs) I think the first soundtrack I ever bought was um, uh, the Resident Evil soundtrack. And then I think I bought the Matrix soundtrack right with it. I don't know why, but I like those. But yeah, Um, uh, just you were mentioning that. So I I just remembered that. And you bought those on CD? Yes, exactly right. Yeah, I'm sure I mentioned as well my first soundtracks I bought on cassette tape. Oh, really? uh, the Ghostbusters soundtrack 
and the Little Mermaid soundtrack. Okay. Very yes. good. Because it's all about yeah. the poisson. Right. I don't know what that means, but... Uh, the fish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I did have... You know what I had on, on cassette that I remember vividly was the WWE, or, well, WWF, the music, volume one on cassette tape. <laughs> oh, used, really? I used to buy the hell out of those whenever they released a new one because I would always like wrestle with my friends at my house, you know? And so we sure. had to have the music so we could play it. You know, it was fantastic. Were you guys I'm playing Tristan Skins? Loser. No, don't say that. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't say that. No, we were don't, just playing no. playing beat the hell out of each other until you submit or get a pin. It was fun. Hey, guys, have you ever thought about being recorded so you guys can watch your matches later? <laughs> oh, my God. I wanted that so badly. Yes. <laughs> We used to hang out with my cousin. My sister and I would go to my cousin's house because he had a, a, a tape recorder. And oh, so we could record our wrestling matches and then go back and watch them. And it was fantastic. Uh, I remember I finally got a, a video recorder for Christmas one year. And I would always record my me beating up my sister, you know, wrestling. And uh, <laughs> I had a... I, beating up your sister. Yeah. I, was, exactly. I heard beating them like, oh, shit. <laughs> Right. But I remember showing, I, we, I had like an old tape that I was watching one day. Well, right, it was relatively early in Bridget and I's relationship and I was showing it to her and I hit, I was hitting Courtney in the head with like a chair, <laughs> but doing it, you know, how they're supposed to do it, like against like uh, uh, the steel steps, you know, where you hit the steps and so it sounds yeah. really good, but you're not actually hitting them. And so and I did, did that, but I like accidentally least? hit her or she sold it really well. I don't know, but oh, good. yeah, it, good. it's just so ridiculous. And uh, yeah, that's, I'm such yeah, a, I've such a wrestling mark. It's, it's ridiculous, but yeah. When you do a high impact move like that, you have to sell. Exactly. the rest of your exactly. mean nothing. That's right. And I think hers, I think I really hit her, which was why it was so funny. Um, so she wasn't selling. She was just legitimately hurt because she was getting beat up by her older brother. But she wasn't but, cranked to mom. She that's still right. She did the finish. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yes. Another tangent for the day. Um, fantastic. So Sarah Michelle Geller, I think, is uh, looking great in this one. Um and I think it's interesting because she's kind of the, you know, the quote unquote sex un- sex appeal on this film. And they do their damnedest to hide how obnoxiously sexy Jennifer Love Hewitt is. But in the next one, Jennifer Love Hewitt, she's kind of uh, played up to be uh, the sex appeal aspect of her is played up a lot more because you yeah. don't have Sarah Michelle Gellar. Obviously, you have Brandy, who's, you know, very attractive and everything, but they don't. That's not something that's not one of the, the characters defining features, you know, like it is with Sarah Michelle yeah. Gellar's character. It, it's funny because I even uh, noted this. Um, Sarah Michelle or uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt in 97, she was like the it girl, you know. Yeah. Um, she was a skinny, curvaceous girl mm-hmm. that never got naked uh, in right. anything, but did Maxim and did a lot of like cheesecake stuff. And God, I used really to love that Maxim her- magazine with her. Oh in my it. God. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. You know, <laughs> and then, like, and she played up her curves a lot, you know, so mm-hmm. like a lot of cleavage. Yeah. Um, but the way she dressed in this movie was really yeah. the way girls dressed at that time. Like mm-hmm. I, I really dug watching this because it just reminded me of the fashions of that. I saw uh, at the end of high school and starting at college, <laughs> you know, you had like the camisole, like tank top, then with like the overshirt, right. you know, and and what I, I really liked as well later on in the film is that, you know, again, there's no nudity in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, but they they still accentuate her. And it's it's very subtle, but she has she had a necklace 
and she had that strand that would go down and like just be wedged between her breasts. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, that's and sexy. White t-shirt. Yep. Yeah, but but it's it's innocent, but it's sexy, you know. And that's something that really isn't played as much anymore because then it goes straight right. to the to you know to nudity or whatnot. But she she's someone that I don't believe ever did any nudity, but uh, just played up her curves mm-hmm. to a point that you know she got tired of it all. Yeah, because I remember reading articles where you know people kept mentioning her her boobs and like mm-hmm. yeah they're just like they're, they're just two sex like who cares you know. <laughs> And, and I can understand that if keep, people keep asking about a body part of mine, I'm like, ah, your nose. I'm like, ah, it holds my glasses up, you know, like, <laughs> fuck, who cares? I breathe out of it, you know? Right, right. Um, so same, same kind of sentiment. So I, I think, you know, as much as she played up at first, I think it just got, like, it, it pretty much, like, lasts her whole career. Yeah, because um, then she, admittedly- goes, she did, like, the hit list. Or I think it's called the hit list or the... The client list or something. that's the thing. I, I kind of didn't st- stop following career. I never watched Party of Five, but I just knew her from the films. I just knew her from Maxim, you know? Yeah. Um and, and what's funny as well is like with my... the Simichel Geller, she got mm-hmm. this role before Buffy. So this movie got got a nice box office punch after Buffy premiered. Right. And then the movie came out. So yeah, so she she got this role prior to being a vampire slayer. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And then you got yeah. old Freddie Prince and Ryan Philippi. Right. Yeah. You know, which Ryan Philippi, man, he's just he's oh. such, I wanted to punch him in the face. I find he's so obnoxious in this and just such a douche. Total uh, asshole. Like from start to end, he, he's got yeah. no redeeming. They, they try to exactly. redeem him a bit before he, before spoiler, before he dies. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, you know, him kind of like caring about uh, Sarah's ca- uh, character again, yeah. um, it really doesn't erase all the shit he's done prior. Right. Because exactly. it's all because of him, you know? Yeah, um, I thought it was fascinating that Johnny Galecki looks absolutely the same here in 1997 as he did when he started The Big Bang Theory like a decade later. I was like, wow, that man just does not age. Yeah, no, exactly. And he looks older there because of his beard. Yeah, um, exactly. And it's funny because I completely forgot he was in this movie. Yeah, whenever I remember when I watched it in 2012, because I, I love Big Bang Theory. I know people are going to hate me for that, but I love Big Bang Theory. And uh, I, I wouldn't say hate. Was yeah, was doing uh, <laughs> watching it a lot, but especially when I was you know going into that summer scream challenge. When I watched these again, and I was just blown away that he was in this because I had completely forgot or just didn't realize it, didn't know it when I first saw. It. I had no idea who he was, um, but yeah. obviously you know, I know him from his Roseanne fame and Big Bang Theory fame now. And so when I see him now, it was like holy shit, I love that. But yeah, I forgot. Uh, I, I knew this time just because of my 2012 viewing, but. Oh, you know that uh, you've activated your uh, video cam on your computer, and I suggest you stop doing what you're doing right now. <laughs> God damn it. See, these these windows for you. That shit just happens. Yeah, this shit doesn't happen on a mic. Oh, on a mic, on a Mac. <laughs> it might happen on a mic. Hey, Mike. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Um, I love that the the story of their ideal life that Helen is telling Barry as they're at the beach, ends with him going off to rehab after having three kids. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? I thought it was kind of it was kind of minimalist where like you're, you're actually saying everything that's going to happen in your life. I'm like, ah, then after my fourth abortion, I'm like, ah, well, that's too much information. <laughs> Just say you had kids and you guys, mm-hmm. you know, chill out. I need to know. I don't need to know about all your back alley stuff, you know? I know. It's so random. I'm like, that's interesting. Quite, quite detailed. Yeah. But, it just shows, you know, their 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 immaturity, you know, because nobody really 
talks like, or things like that, you know, when I really think right. about the future. So yeah. it's this weird pseudo real fairy tale, you know? Yeah. So Freddie Prince Jr. I thought is interesting, kind of in both of these films, because what I I really liked Freddie Prince Jr. when I was younger, watching his films for the first time. Um, the movie that really got me was uh, She's All That, which I, I saw in theaters. And uh, I just really liked him. I was like, man, I, I like that guy. I think he's, you know, good. And he's, I don't know, just fun to watch on film. Here, I watching it again, I was surprised that he wasn't better than he is. I don't think yeah. he's great in this film. I think he's okay at the, at the end of the next film because his character's more dynamic at that point. But I just didn't think he was a, he's very good in this. He doesn't, I just don't yeah. buy into him very well here. I was never much of a Freddie Prince Jr. fan to begin with. Yeah. Um, I think it's maybe because he married Sam Michelle Geller and I felt a, a tang of jealousy. Um, <laughs> because I think, you know, because they got married, started a family, that's why she stopped Buffy after uh, seven right. seasons. So yeah. I kind of blame him for the ending of the Buffy show. Mm-hmm. Um, could, like, could he be a pants man, you know? Exactly. Uh, but I, I just find he's very wooden. You know, he really doesn't have much of a personality. Yeah, there's um, a couple lines. He's very blah. Yeah, and there's a couple lines that I wrote down that was like, oh, that was a really uh, awkwardly acted line. I can't remember if it was this one or, or the next one, but I'll mention it when we get to it. But yeah, you're right. Just very vanilla. And uh, I think much different here than even in She's All That, which again, I haven't seen since I uh, I haven't seen all the way through. In, yeah. a, in, a, in a few years, probably, but um, I do think he's better in that than he is, uh, you know, here, which, you know, obviously you grow in anything you do. And so I just think sure. he gets better. Like, I, um, I just think like even Vanilla thinks that Freddie Prince Jr. is vanilla. Like that's that's how yeah, and you're probably right. he is. He's just like, a, you know, if he was a drawing, it'd be one of those coloring book drawings that have no color. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to color you. You're so boring to me. <laughs> right. Right. And I just didn't like his character either. Like. So no. uh, Ray says something about the success rate of high school relationships being higher than any type of relationship. And then Jer- uh, Julie goes, yeah, cite your source. And he touched his heart. And I was just like, oh, you're such a fucking douche. Like, that's just so lame. Like, <laughs> and, and then he beds the girl that everybody wanted to bed at the time. I know. I was know? like, what the fuck? Well, good for you. And that's outside on yep. the beach. You know, you know, you can no. smell the ocean. There's going to be, you know, like granules of sand all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't do that to Jennifer Love Hewitt. I, I <laughs> you hear that? I'd have rose petals and shit, you know. Oh man, Mark's not single, but he wouldn't do that to you. No, no, exactly. Come on. Um. <laughs> uh. So I feel like so when Barry is hanging out the sunroof, and they hit they hit the guy. I really feel like Barry should have like broken his back or something, getting hit by a body at that speed, hanging out the fucking sunroof, and then there's like nothing wrote, wrong with him. I wrote the exact same thing, yeah. and not so much, uh, you know, the body, but just him shaking back and forth within uh, the uh, the confines of the sunroof. Yeah, like, I'm surprised he didn't crack a rib or something. Right. So yeah, exactly. I, I had the, I had a similar in the yeah. I had a similar idea with that. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Um. It really struck me this time around how good of friends these three are to Barry. So the only one I feel like who would have been screwed here would be Barry, no matter how you slice it. And yet, because whether, you know, 
he was driving, uh, you know, Ray was driving. It was accident. Ray's not drunk, so he's not getting in trouble. I mean, they were drinking, but not much. Um, Barry's drunk. So even if, you know, he wasn't driving, he's still drunk. He could get in trouble for that. But that is yeah. his car. So, you know, they'll probably think he was driving. Yada, yada. Either way, I think it's him that would get in trouble. Yet they all agree to dump the body of a stranger. I mean, fuck. I hope my friends are, I hope you guys are, uh, as, as, what's the word, um, committed Lord. as these three are. Um, I do understand that, you know, Barry tries to convince them that they'd be in trouble. And yeah, they probably buy, you know, they're high school kids, just finished up high school. They were out drinking when they shouldn't have been. But still, I mean, they, they well, do a lot for this guy. I think social stature also means something because, you know, Barry's from the rich family. Yeah, that's true too. You know, compared to everybody else, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you really want him as an enemy? Which eventually right. everybody, uh, you know, uh, went apart uh, after that event. Mm-hmm. But uh, I-, I feel they were slowly all coerced to go along with him. You know, first yeah. Ray, and then Helen, and finally Julie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, especially Julie, she really wanted no part of it, and. Right. Helen was really going with Barry because, well, they were seeing each other at the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, plus he, he gets upset and he's hammered. I, I think you're also fearing, you know, maybe some physical violence on his part. That's kind of, I I got that vibe too. Yeah. It just, it felt like he would have did something. Vi- you know why we have that vibe, I think, is because later on, he fucking manhandles Julie. He literally grabs her by the throat and says, you need to say it or whatever the hell he says. Yeah. And and what killed me about that was fucking Barry just stood there and let it happen. I'm like, Barry, you little bitch. Like, he just no, oh, grabbed Ray. your girlfriend. Like, what are you doing? You know, or Ray, Ray I'm sorry. Just, yeah, yeah, Ray just stood there like a little bitch. Yeah. I, I was very surprised to that as well. And that's another reason why I just don't like um, Ray's character. Exactly. You know, he's... Exactly. And it takes two fucking films for him to fucking grow up here. And even but, then. Exactly. Ooh, I've got grapes yeah, we'll for the next one. Yeah, we'll <laughs> talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like um, I'm now, but we'll wait. So another thing I find fascinating about this is that uh, Williamson goes to the trouble of having Max show up very specifically to set him up as a red herring for the rest of this film. Yet yeah. Max is the first character that dies. I'm like, what? That was shocking. And, 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 I'd forgotten about that, I guess, that he f- died so quickly because it's like, why? Why would well, he die? First, because Go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. First gets manhandled by Barry, you know, with the, right, with the ice right. pick. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, yeah, and then he dies. Don't test and I'm like, me, motherfucker. Yeah, but as, as the killer, why would you kill him? He had nothing to do with your death. Yes. Sure, he maybe exactly. didn't report them being broken down in the, on the road. That could be the really fine, fine thread yep. tying them together. This is- uh, but I didn't see a reason for him to die, uh, apart from you know them needing a body count because it is a slasher film. Right, and that's exactly what I wrote down. So that's what I was going to talk about next. It's interesting that they kill him so early, though, because... If he's there, then one, the ki- okay, first off, the killer doesn't need to kill him. But two, yeah. even if he, you know, decides he need- he wants to because he was there that night, whatever. But if he doesn't kill him yet, then the killer could use Max to keep the suspicion off of him- off of himself. And yeah. two, more importantly, I'd argue, the you know the writer, the director can use Max as an easy red herring that would have worked until the end of the film if they kept him. And so I was really surprised and confused why that character is killed off so early. Yeah, it, to me it was just to start a body count, right? Yeah. Or I guess, or uh, to continue the body count, I suppose, since you know technically they had a body. So yeah, um, 
yeah, I thought I, I just didn't see the, the point. Agreed. Uh, I definitely agreed. But um, I did. That said, though, I did like Max's kill. I think it's there's not a lot of notable kills in here, but I like that one. It was just kind. Of, it was out of the literally out of the fog, quick and just violent the way it happened. You know, just the hook and then just pulling him over the ice. Um, it's actually reminiscent and, of a kill I'll talk about in the next one as well. But I like and it, that. And it was gory too. It's through, you know, you, you saw the mouth open with the yeah. hook. You saw the blood. So mm-hmm. it, it's like the film needed a shock at that point because a lot of talking happened. Yeah. And, and really no action occurred yet apart from the car accident, which really wasn't much of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first real piece of action that we're getting. Yeah. Um, well, again, Ray had a piece of action on the beach with Julie, but that was right. off camera. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, f- I totally forgot about the fact that uh, the guy they hit, Ben or whatever, um, comes like back to life and grabs um, Helen before they end up throwing him in the water. I completely forgot about that. Um, and I thought that was actually a well done jump scare. Yeah, I, I didn't remember that either. Yeah. It felt kind of like um, a little creep showy. I've you know, like a little, a little comical. Oh, it, just, it just looked kind of EC Comics comical okay. to me. Okay. You know, the way he, he does that last, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, action before you don't see him until later on. Um, Yeah. So obviously we jump the year forward and then we get, you know, obviously they set up the fact that Julie has just been looking pale blue and unresponsive for an entire year, uh, which. Guilt. Okay. Yep. It's, it's, that's it's all. Everybody was dealing with guilt their own way. Exactly. Um. And they also said the fact that they haven't spoken to each other, literally not spoken a word to each other in a year because um, Julie goes to Helen's sister and says, you know, hey, do you have her, do you have Helen's New York number? And she's like, if you need to speak to her, I suggest you go to Women's Fragrances 10 feet to your left. Yeah. Um, and so obviously yeah, no one's spoken she, to her. She's in the tampon aisle. She's what? I just made a joke, but she's in the tampon aisle. T- tampons. They have an aisle for tampons in this, uh, in this store. Do they really? Hey, I mean, I, no, I just made that up oh. trying to cover the shittiness of my joke. <laughs> and the fact oh, I man. It. I'm sorry because that I missed it. No, that's okay. You can edit it out, but I was just not to. <laughs> just leave, leave it breathe on its own. Oh, man. Anyway. It breathe on its own. Yep, exactly. Uh, I thought it was funny. I, I, I don't know why, but I, it's always noteworthy to me when I see someone smoking in here in a movie anymore. Um, because it never happens. I noted this in Resident Evil just because you never see it. And it's especially interesting here because it's the, you know, kind of, uh, attractive high school beauty queen. Beauty queen. Thank you. Yeah. Is now smoking all, you know, it's another way to show how they're dealing with this. Right. So, uh, I understand why they did it, but she's smoking and she wears bad hats. Yes. (laughs) We'll get to that later. (laughs) Um, and it took me okay. until they they reached um, David Egon Egan. That's it, I, it was starting to hit me then who the killer was and what happened um, at that point because I just wasn't remembering um, up until that point. But yeah, for some reason I thought it was just you know the guy's father. Like I knew it was somebody's oh, dad. Yeah. It just didn't dawn me till till the end. Like oh well, that makes sense too. Right. I, I can understand the whole charade it, for you know. It's kind of a really now that I'm thinking about it. It's kind of a just a roundabout weird fucking thing that's kind of shoved together there you know it's a a random ass guy who killed his girlfriend that has no connection to these people a year two years ago is now killed by that girlfriend's dad i you know 
a year ago is from where the point yeah. we're talking and then they accidentally hit it's just like okay I, it's just fucking weird setup and execution See, but at first i thought maybe that they hit him and that they took his kill away from him so that's why they're going oh. after the kids but no technically he was already dead that might have been and more interesting actually i i think so i think it would have been a better way to go about mm-hmm. it but no just you know he was in the road and yeah. uh you know, so yeah, I, I kind of prefer. I, I would rather have that where it's more vengeance because you did not right. give me my revenge, mm-hmm. so I'm going to kill you all. I think that makes for a better story. Yeah. But maybe at the time, you know, that was overdone in film. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but yeah, me either. There must be a reason why I didn't go that direction, right? Maybe it's too obvious as well. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the idea that Barry has that it's Max. To me, that's really the only logically correct answer. So I really can't blame him for going after him like that because he was literally the only one that w- was there that isn't one of the four of them or the person they think is dead. And so I feel like Barry was kind of in the right there thinking it was Max. And Max is, can be kind of a douchebag also. Um, and so I can see that. Well, he's a bit of a douchebag because he knows Julie is with Ray and yeah. still hits on her. So he's mm-hmm. he's kind of he's, – he's not that's a completely true. nice guy. Right. Um, he's just trying to get, he's just trying to make one last attempt, you know, to go with the girl that he's always been pining for, I suppose. Right. Um, but he, he's not a saint either, but I, I don't think he deserves what he got. No, no, no. And, and I never thought he was, the, well, I guess, well, he dies early, so he wouldn't, but I, I, I don't know if he would go to that length just to try to sleep with Julie, you know, to scare everybody else off and all that stuff. Right. And then again, why are you scaring, scaring Julie? Is it to have her jump in your arms? I don't mm. know. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, but as a viewer of the film, we're not really given any other characters. Exactly. Exactly. You know? So, yeah. Um, and I think it's fascinating that they set up with one line that – so they, they've set up the fact that Julie – was planning on going to college and being, you know, doing all these things. And she's fa- almost failing out of her courses. Helen was going to New York to be a real actress. She stayed and worked at their father's or they're at the store. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan, uh, Barry was going to college also to study philosophy or philosophy or something. I don't know. Psych, maybe, maybe psych. And anyway, and he's a fisherman right <laughs> before. Uh, Max dies, you know, before that scene, after he gets beaten up, he says, don't test me, motherfucker. I'll call the cops on your college quarterback ass. So what that tells me, apparently Barry is the only one who did what he set out to do after high school. And I think that's fascinating. He's not feeling bad at all. Even when you see him, he looks, you know, he's hanging out, he's uh, having drinks, you know, on his patio. He doesn't feel the guilt that the others are feeling. Right. And I I thought that was small and interesting. Well, he did not kill anybody technically right like mm-hmm. the, the, he wasn't driving the car he was right. just drunk they just took care of the of the evidence yeah um he he, he just doesn't have he doesn't have a soul like he, to be able to to bury that within you and act normal you're a psychopath yeah exactly that's what i was just thinking he's you know sociopathic like um Oh, and then we already talked about this a little bit. Just the, the scene where Barry works out, the hush song playing in the background. And then it yeah. fades out to silence. And then we hear some noises in what is otherwise an empty gym. Maybe, you know, the obviously the uh, the guy at the front desk is there. But obviously noises that we shouldn't be hearing. I just think that's a well done scene. Mm-hmm. And also a creepy gym. 
You you would think a guy oh with that God. much money would have his own gym. Right. I know. It's yeah, the most, excuse me, random gym ever. Like It's a boxing gym, but would you be wanting to throw all these punches if you're a quarterback? I wouldn't want to break my hand. He's getting out all of his uh, frustration. All from of his murderous, uh, yeah. his murderous luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. And I think it's interesting because... Um, he's in the hospital and he says, no, he isn't trying to kill me. If he wanted to be dead, he would have done it. And it's so true. And I was like, why not kill him? And then it's, I mean, he's just fucking with them at this point, which is the only yeah. explanation because he's waiting for a specific day, which will be a theme that lasts throughout both of these. And, and, and that's the thing. Like the, the, the killer is acting a lot like a cat playing with mm-hmm. his food before he kills it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, it's unlike Jason that just, you know, goes forward one direction and then just cuts whatever in right. his path mm-hmm. this guy likes to do a lot of mind fucks hmm. and which is kind of interesting too because like kevin williamson did write this before scream um but you would think that scream did so much to influence this film which is really the other way around maybe it it uh, filmed after scream was released mm-hmm. but all this stuff was written before the actual scream project was, really? was well according to the commentary that i listened to okay um yeah, which is also weird because usually on commentary tracks, you have the movie like in the background mm-hmm. and then you have like the, whoever voices are, are talking. And with right. this one, it was pure silence. So I'm just watching oh, really? the picture. I, that and happens. They're just talking. Yeah, that happens sometimes and I hate that. It's like, okay, if you're not going to talk, like let me hear the other, let me hear the track, well, you know? That's the thing. So because of that, I found that the director, he, it was him and the editor, but the director spoke like 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really talking just to hear himself talk so it was no dead air which was really oh, odd okay yeah it was, it was a pretty dry commentary that's interesting more because technical knowing that kind of uh proves what i my theory later of um kind of how they set up the ending incorrect i guess because we'll jump i don't care if if you don't mind whatever um i, yeah. I think it, because what i was thinking and what i wrote down was that i think it was fascinating that kevin williamson is basically using the um, the success of his own film Scream to build up the red herring to this into this plot at the end. Because mm-hmm. if we didn't know Scream, thinking that Ray has anything to do with this would just be silly. I feel like he's the boyfriend, yeah. well, ex boyfriend, like in Scream, which I would argue is the only reason we'd really think that. Even though Ray is Billy Blue, that isn't really enough to make it make sense that he's a suspect without knowing. That, you know, quote unquote, the boyfriend probably did it, uh, that which is what Scream set up for us. But yeah. obviously that's not the case. So he was probably, he was, he was probably playing on that idea in his own scripts, just probably in the opposite way, if that's yeah. the case. And it's surprising. I did not know that Williamson wrote this script as well. Yeah. So knowing this and knowing that he, you know, he, he did this script and then polished his his ideas for scream mm-hmm. you know it's like okay i went with not the boyfriend this time but i'm gonna go with the boyfriend next time because i right. like that concept yeah and that exactly. like that really just changed horror in the 90s mm-hmm. and then this will always look to become or look to be as a scream protege right you know because i don't think it's funny because i used to think that this film will not be there if scream wasn't there when everything yeah. was created for this film prior to that so yeah, it's just it's just timing. Like, would we think of Scream as being such a great film if this if it came out second to this movie? I don't know. Oh man, I think I feel like we'd have to because I, I, like looking at both of them, I just think Scream is a significantly better film. 
And I think that kind of makes more sense now because I know if I know what you did last summer was written before it, he kind of honed his chops in this one to make a better, smarter script for Scream. Yeah, it's the second time's a charm on this one, you know? Right. Yeah. That's that's very fascinating. I did not know that, so it's really cool to know. But Yeah. Awesome. Um, so she goes and they go and see this rando from uh, like out in the country. Um, what's his name? Billy's? No, Billy Blue. Uh, Egan? Uh, Egan's Melissa? sister. Yeah. yeah Melissa um, Egan. Anne Hesh. And her Anne Hesh's character. Yeah, Melissa Which- Egan. Um, Which I forgot that she was in this movie. Yeah. I completely for- I remember the character. I did not remember it was her playing the role. Yeah. Like I pictured her and everything, but I didn't, I just, I didn't ever rela- realize who it was. Like it never hit yeah. me that that was Anne Hesh. You know what I mean? But, and, like it's memorable because she has the biggest jump scare in the film. I know. And that's, you know? It, and that's why I wrote down. It always makes me jump when she comes back to the window and it makes no damn sense because all she's doing is saying, Hey, you forgot your sugars. But yet she runs, seemingly runs up to us and screams and then says, Hey, you forgot your cigarettes. It's just like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, why does this happen? It's, it's only there as a cheap scare, but it actually yeah. works every fucking time I watch this movie. Well, totally, because she, she, she's introverted, you know, like she, she, she doesn't go out in public anymore. Like, yeah. just look at her clothes. It's like almost she's sewn them from like old bed linen, you know? <laughs> right. Um, so she doesn't interact with a lot of people. She stays, you know, on the, uh, on, on her farm or whatever, you know, you want to call it on yeah. her property. Um, so I think she's excited that she had visitors, but at the same time, doesn't really know how to interact with them properly with the social graces of yeah. today's day. I think Helen's character is interesting and more interesting than it appears. Um, because, you know, she talks about, like we mentioned earlier, her, you know, future dream life her with her husband going to rehab after having three kids. So that's just kind of like a part of her. And then mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting because she goes home, walks in the house, says hi to her dad, and her dad just doesn't even acknowledge that she exists. I wrote that too. Like he must yeah. be so disappointed in her daughter that, you know, she know. went to New York, didn't make it, had to come back home. Right. Doesn't acknowledge her after she says, hi, dad, while he's sipping on his, uh, on his bourbon, watching a baseball game. Yeah. It, I, I, mean, I felt bad for her. I, I really me too. Did. And I feel like it says a lot about their relationship between those two moments, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I know like my, my, first, my parents would never ignore any, either of us, but especially my dad would never ignore my sister like that. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah uh, different, you know, just like a mother, mother, son, daddy, daughter type thing. You know, it's just, it wouldn't happen. And so and, uh, uh, it's fascinating that it does. I'm also going to go out on a limb here saying that he would probably not ignore Sarah Michelle Geller either. Like, oh my God, <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller's in my house. Right. Yeah. Let me put my drink down and shake her hand. <laughs> You know, oh, good point. I hadn't considered, but yeah, you're probably right. But it's funny too because same thing with Elsa, uh, her sister, mm-hmm. which we didn't mention. It was Bridget Wilson who played uh, Sonia Blade in Mortal Kombat. Um, oh, okay. She doesn't really get acknowledgement either from him, I believe. Or, pardon me, the killer gets into the house and he doesn't even acknowledge it. So then, yeah, um, you know, like he's really in his own little world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I not think the sister, it's the killer. I, I don't get why. Her, Helen, and um, was it Elsa? Yeah. Uh, Their Elsa, relationship. Yeah. Because she's just an uber bitch it's to weird. her all the time for no discernible reason. Like, I know I could be an well, ass to my little sister and hit her in the head with chairs, but I mean, there was usually a reason for it and it wasn't consistent, you know? Like, it was, yeah. this is not, I don't know, but it was a brother-sister thing, you know? She was my younger sister. Yeah. I don't know how sisters are, you know? But- well, 
I think in this case here, it's because she had to, you know, she had the burden of continuing the family business. Yeah. I while think- Helen, the little yeah. sister, was able to go to New York and try to live her fantasy, right. you know. And now she's got this haha on you because, you know, she failed her her fantasy. Mm-hmm. And now she gets to boss her little sister around. Yeah. Just a interesting dynamic. Or I, I, I kind of... uh. Uh, it could have been a more interesting dynamic if it wasn't so one note the entire time. But well, exactly. Like I don't see why you have to. Like I'm sure you're jealous, but right. you know it's still your sister. And yeah, fuck, yeah. you're an adult. You know, like get over yes, with. Yes, exactly. Right. That's what I mean. Like my sister and I. You know, you know, my you know, we're very close. My wife, my sister, and I are very close. So, like it, once you get to a certain point in your life, it, you're not having those stupid, you know, fights like you did when you were ten. You know, so I, it's just exactly like, grow up a little. Yeah, but no, I I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and again, uh, more like you were saying, um, a cat fucking with his, with the mice, you know, choosing to cut off her hair instead of killing her to, so that she could bring out that hat that you love. That's just cold. (laughs) That that was cold. But thank God, because that wig was fucking horrendous. (laughs) I'm looking at her hair and I'm like, it's all... It, it just doesn't look right. It doesn't mm-hmm. look natural at all the way it's hanging. And yeah, I'm glad she was able to, to – I'm glad she got her hair cut. It sucks. And yeah. the whole waking up and then pulling out her hair, I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she looked a lot better with her short hair. Right. With yeah. Her buffy I hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we talked about it a little bit, but um, Jennifer Love Hewitt was like one of my f- – I think very my very first celebrity crush, you know. Um, I was just in love with her. And this this scene in this uh film here was a good reason. And there's a very specific scene from the sequel that is another reason why she was my very first crush. Um, uh, but this is when we were talking about she has just the white shirt on and everything like that. Um it's kind of revealed a little bit more, and I was like, Oh, what are those? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um I think it's there was a I found a I felt like a continuity error during that scene though because Julie opens the trunk of her car and there's these hundreds of crabs over Max's dead body. Then the yeah. shot changes and she starts backing away and you can see Max's dead body, but there's like no crabs at all. And I was like, oh, why why get rid of them? So oh, soon? I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's just something stupid. And Doesn't matter, but I I have to admit this movie has one of my favorite scenes ever, and I think everybody knows what it is. Is that, you know, what are you waiting for? Yes, huh? I had it written down I right there. I love that. Yeah. And I, I, I think, you know, it, it helped that it got spoofed in Scary Movie yes. by Anna Ferris, yeah. the now recently single Anna Ferris. I know. Which is uh, surprising. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I just love that. And then they tried, they tried to do it again, I believe, in the sequel, if I remember correctly. And it just yes, flat. I know. I was like, this is so funny that they've decided to bring this back for, for yeah. I still know. Like, it's like, you what had is magic the first time why? and you just, you can't repeat iconic scenes right. like that. Exactly. Yeah. I thought it was like, so funny. In my head, I, I, and I remember this from 97, mm-hmm. you know, like anytime I come to a, I have a, I have a stupid, uh, you know, I come across a stupid question or I'm waiting for someone to answer me or something in a conversation <laughs> in my head. I'm going, what are you waiting for? Huh? Every single time. It's, it's fucking perfect. Oh, I love it too. I'm glad that I'm not the only one. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a thing. Good. Good. Oh, oh, that was the line. Um, Freddie goes, I got a letter and it was just like, I don't know, the way he said it, I was just like, oh, that was cringeworthy moment. Thank you, Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, man. 
Well, it, there, it's I think like, yeah. like blaming him, and he's like, "No, it can't be me. I got a letter." Yeah. Oh, yo, yeah. I'm just like you yeah. guys, right? right? Yeah. No killer. <laughs> you wrote it to yourself. Uh, and did you did you buy the first time you watched this? If you remember, did you think that Freddie was or that uh, uh, Ray was the killer? Um, no, because you okay. saw face like flashes of the killer's face, and exactly. the killer was old. So yeah. No, never did. I thought too. Oh, and that's something uh, I'm not sure we're at in the film here, but. In okay, so you live in a marine town, right? You live in a fishing town, right? Are you gonna wear a fucking slicker and hat at like events like the parade? <laughs> I know, like, there's like there's three or four so guys <laughs> in the same outfit. I'm like, oh. that doesn't really happen in real life. Right. I know. I thought that was funny too. So, I definitely noted that mentally. Yeah, the fuck that kind of bugged me. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah, because it makes Barry tackle some poor random ass old guy. I was like, oh. Yeah, and I actually guy. felt bad for the old guy. He had a legit fear in his eyes. I, I'm like, oh. I know. I, I know he didn't really attack you, that those are stunt men, but old man, you're really right. selling this really well. Like, I hit with the chair. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Good for him. I can't believe that, that Helen decided to go back to see Missy all by herself. I was like, wow, that's that's pretty fucking brazen of you. Seems like a creepy place to go by yourself, is all I'm saying. Helen? I thought Julie did. Was it? Helen? Yeah, it was Julie. I'm sorry. See, I didn't have okay. the fast list in front of me. I'm just trying to free, you know, free ball it, and I fucked up. Julie, uh, it's all, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> well, at that point, she's at her wit's end. Her friends are dying, and uh, she needs to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Um. Oh, and then I got confused. I'm I'm just gonna skip that because I realized that. I was like, wait, what? Missy found a note the day her brother died that looks exactly like the note for them got the year. Blah blah blah. And that's when I was like, oh, that's that's right. That's who it is. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um. Oh my god, the fucking the talent porch competition of the second beauty contest the year later. The singing. Oh god. I was like, really? That's what yeah, we're going with? That's your that's your talent? We could have fast forwarded that or something. <laughs> yeah. That was, that shows how horrendous these beauty pageants really are. Oh, and I right. really talk about them. I was so glad to see the cop die because he was fucking terrible at his job. I mean, there had to be a significant amount of blood up there that he just missed. More than that little drop on the shoulder <laughs> on the banister. And I was just like, and, and, and what I didn't understand is why is the cop acting the way he is? He's as if he's dealing with like a drunkard or, well, or can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, like, what bugged me? Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No. I, like he's dealing with someone who's drunk or someone who's yeah. known for being in. I mean, this is like a, a pretty girl who's, uh, has to be known in the community a little bit because she won the beauty contest last year and he's treating her like shit, even though she's telling him. Even though what she's selling him isn't exactly far fetched or anything, I mean, she's acting like she made up the whole haircutting thing when there's proof right there. I just, yeah. I didn't get it. What I didn't get was that she's screaming, "Oh fuck, there's a killer up there!" and the crowd holds her down, or not holds her <laughs> down, but like swarms her and doesn't let her fucking pass. Right? Like, why, why are you blocking her way? I know, it's so she, weird. She, you're doing the exact opposite of what she wants you to do to make a path. <laughs> you are creating a swamp. <laughs> So I thought that was weird, and then the, the cop kind of yeah, he's just like kind of dismissing her and laughing like, oh, you're at her blonde, about the haircut. You're blonde with a bad haircut, ha ha ha, you know. Um, but I didn't build. I didn't think he deserved to die though. The killer again is going off off book here. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, like there's no reason for the cop to to get killed. Well, why does apart he from caging her his prey? Yeah, that's maybe that's the it. only thing. Exactly, because he, he's there. I think in the wrong place at yeah. the wrong time. Um. So, oh, so there's that moment in the, um, in Helen's family shop or whatever it is. And 
at this point, he's standing under like this bag thing, right? That's protecting yeah. him. But then all of a sudden the lights yeah. go out. And so I'm trying to figure out how do the lights go out if he's been standing there the whole time? Like, I didn't understand that. Maybe the uh, lights are on a timer. That And that could be. That could I was kind of thinking that, but it's just like, oh, that's, that's weird. I, I just came with that out of my ass just now, but, um, but uh, that's right. what I'm thinking. Yeah. It's, a, it's a security timer, right. and it's a shitty answer. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Shitty but, answer. Oh, well. Um, but and at the same time as well, like, why did Elsa die? Just because she was there. Again, but yeah, she had there. Nothing, yeah. nothing to do. And the kill was kind of ho-hum. Mm-hmm. You know, so just like, you know, it's, Elsa's it's kill the... Elsa's Elsa's kill, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't care so much for this scene and really this move from at this point. Okay, as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Elsa's death was unfortunate, and not really needed. But then the chase scene through the mall or through the department store, mm-hmm. especially with Helen going on that dumbwaiter elevator, yeah, and pulling herself up on the rope. That is not. Oh, first of all, why don't you wedge yourself between the floors so right. he can't get to you at all? Exactly. And two, you're just pulling the rope. It's easier just to walk upstairs. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would have started going, like, you know, up and then switch it down. So then he's got to go down a flight of stairs. And right. maybe you'll get an extra five, six seconds of lead time. Exactly. But yeah. Like, yeah, it's, like it's, I understand it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're getting chased, it's not the right way to go. Right. And I think, and I really liked this. I was 10 years old when I saw it the first time. But I feel like I remember really liking this when I saw it yeah. back then. And even when I saw it in 2012, I feel like I really liked this. But this time around, I just didn't work for me as well i didn't i didn't dislike that part but i was uh, kind of like you're saying you know there's just other obvious th- ways that this could have gone that i feel like may have been smarter um but yeah like i'm also thinking uh, at that point there were lights in the department store right man uh, honestly I, I don't remember i'm thinking so I, I have two things if there was power then mm-hmm. why not run down to a cashier or a register no i think it- at- I think it had to be dark at that point. Okay. Because so, so okay. So if there was power, why wouldn't you hit the you know the the hold up alarm that uh, your store would have so that you can send police? Right. Yeah. And if there was no power, then there'd be a short in the security system, and that should trigger police trigger as police. well. Right. So no matter what, police should have been triggered, and it never happened. The thing I like Again, about I mean, this I'm just over analyzing it. I'm just over analyzing. Yeah. What did you like? The thing I like about this one, though, is the end of it, the payoff, because I really like Helen's kill. Um, One of my favorite movies, one that I have to watch every year, is Trick or Treat. And Mm -hmm. Trick or Treat has a kill in that one that is clearly inspired by this same thing, because it's almost fucking identical, where you have the marching band playing, which is what covers the screams of the victim. Yeah, and I won't cool. give away anything from Trick or Treat, which if you haven't seen it, you need to. But mm-hmm. it's very rem- – it's almost the same damn thing. So obviously they must have had inspiration from this. But I really like how that's done and just the whole image. Like literally the camera's above, uh, you know, an overhead shot of the tires, you know, where they're getting killed. And then the band, you can see the band walking on the other side. And it's just so close. And it's – that image I think is really cool and I really like how it's done, which is probably why I, I kind of forgive this whole sequence a little bit because the payoff yeah. I think is worth it. It is cool because she's so close to, you know, safety. Yeah. And she gets pulled back into the shadows. Because she stops. I I don't know why she stops, but she stops. And then, yeah. I I do think Trick or Treat did it better. 
But yeah, uh, I, 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 I do, do I like do as well. But I do like that type of uh, of kill scene in a horror film right. where you know you're thinking they're going to break the water and get to safety, but mm-hmm. no, they're going to drown, drown yep. in darkness. Um, so this kind of we're into the final sequence here, um, basically now, and that's when I was talking about how I don't think I, I would be surprised if many people thought that Ray was actually a killer, the killer at any point, because it just it doesn't work for me. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, and I thought it was kind of goofy how, uh, Ben was able to get rid of the gun because he made the boat fling. Oh, like, I was like, yeah. really? And she just like threw it overboard. I'm like, really? Like that's that, that was kind of weak acting because like they, yeah. they, they, they hold that shot of her like, oh, you know, yes, and exactly. he's like, <laughs> like, yeah, I did it on purpose. Like, no, you did it. It was all fucking, Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly did not like the end boat sequence. I thought yeah. it was too long and uh just silly. I, yeah, I like, thought Ben kind of yeah, he he played with his food a little too too much and uh mm-hmm. the food went bad and he got poisoned. And I, I think why I'd I'd forgive this one a little less because I the payoff is almost non existent. Like so for so as she's going, you know, she goes through this um ice room which i don't understand how it's ice is staying cold like the room's not insulated to act as a freezer by any stretch of the imagination um but i did like that she was able to find the bodies in there i thought that was a nice touch to the whole freezer thing those bodies looked so fake though like they were not good uh dead bodies like it was it was was pretty lame special effects for for the corpses themselves Mm -hmm. i didn't think they looked uh, uh human at all yeah um, you know, um, but funny enough, uh, the ice in that, uh, in that, uh, I guess in the base basement, in the, under the decks of the, yeah. boat, um, it was actually, um, <laughs> I, I wrote, uh, the found bodies in the, in the trunk of the car and in the ice on the boat looks pretty fake. Yeah. Um, it's actually, it was, um, gelatin. Oh, it was yeah, a type of gelatin. Makes, yeah. That makes sense. But I thought it still looked kind of cool. Like it did look cold, but aesthetically but it, it looked cool. Yeah. too much. Exactly. It didn't. Uh, it just didn't look cold. I guess I didn't get the oh. the feeling of being cold watching that. The ice is silicone rubber. There we go. Okay, makes sense. Um, Anyways, and then the big finale is mm-hmm. what happens. So, uh, so okay. uh, so Ray goes overboard. But gets yes. caught in the net, the mm-hmm. fit net. So then he comes back on the boat. Um, Julie and uh, they like and Ben. They're on the. the they toss well, the uh, like thing at him. I don't know what the hell it's called. But they toss something toward him on the. On oh the uh, no! It was yeah. He launched the the hook. Uh, yeah, he launched okay. the hook from above. Yeah. Hit yes. him in the face, and then uh, he got caught in some ropes. So when yeah. the the mast moved. Uh, he went up the rope and got his head, his right. hand chopped, and then uh, fell back in the water. And he loses a hand. Like that's that's the finale. Our main villain loses a hand, then takes a swim, and that's supposed to be the end of it. I thought that was incredibly but, lackluster compared to most slashers. But it's a callback. It's a callback to the early uh, beach scene. We're talking right, about, uh, talking about the, the man with the hook. I was okay with that, but it just it just screamed the sequel. And that's what I would like. I don't know that I've ever seen two films more unabashedly set up their sequel like this one. And I still know what you did last summer because obviously you get that. And then you get after that, then you obviously get that kind of that final scene where she's in the shower. And it's just yeah. like I 
why wow you are really setting up your sequel here see i i I didn't i don't consider those last two jump things uh canon in the story exactly i i don't think that's what i would argue is why i don't think that's real it's it's just to keep your your you know to to have your the crowd leave the theater on a happy note yep exactly Uh, but i I don't i I never considered the killer being in the shower because then the sequel would be right away uh, right after the moments of the first film like a halloween Mm -hmm. and then at the end of i still know um it just made no sense yeah exactly I, i that's that's how i always took those as well but still you're setting up for a sequel. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, it's just fan service. Bad. But I, I thought just, you know, Ben losing a hand and then falling in the water, that's it of the sequel. I mm-hmm. found the whole shower scene was just to see uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt in a towel. Yeah. Which is fine by me, but um, oh, I'm and it. I remember screaming like a little bitch at the theater during that last moment when I saw it in theaters. Um, but I, I think that was, you know, probably the only point that uh, I actually screamed. Unlike mm-hmm. signs, right? Screamed multiple times, but I was only ten then, so I have an excuse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What were we doing in the theater in the first place? Your <laughs> friend's sister's uh, mom is really unreliable <laughs> and unresponsible. Oh man. Oh, anyway. All right. So, any other cool things to add? Um, I'm looking for my notes right now, and uh, uh, I have one note here. Uh, oh, okay. So in the so at the end of the film, right, she gets that note uh, in the shower, which why would someone deliver mail in the bathroom? Right. Exactly. I don't know. But apparently the original script ending was that um, she gets an email while she's in college that just says, I still know, hmm. instead of the whole shower scene where it's on oh, the door. Okay. And apparently the uh, tests, the test audiences didn't like that very much. Hmm. Um, the below deck scenes um, in the final, I guess in the finale, were all filmed, obviously, uh, on uh, they weren't on a real boat, but it was all filmed in a gymnasium, which uh, I thought okay. really the boat scenes and the above and below deck really merged really well together. It was well edited. Um, and just that social gallery, we didn't talk about it, but that black hat she wears when she's wearing that purple outfit. Yeah. It's fucking horrendous. <laughs> it's fucking horrendous. Um, uh, she had nice hair. And she had nice hair during the parade. Um, I guess between the ha- the hat and the parade, she got her hair did. But uh, yeah, that that was a horrible hat. Uh, maybe it is to accentuate the lack of hair that she had. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's some bad nineties uh, uh, fashion. It's <laughs> a bad hat, Harry. That's right. Awesome, cool. Yeah. So, what is what are your final thoughts and your star rating for? I know what you did last summer. Uh, I had not seen this movie in easily 10 years, um, even though I, in my head, I reference it a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I dug this film. I, I It's got a, a bit of uh, nostalgia for me just because it was uh, an event film in my life. Um, but uh, watching it again, I think it, it holds up as much now as it did then. Um, you know, so if, if, if I liked it then, I still like it now. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, it being post scream, but a pre scream film is really interesting. Um, it, it's always known as an inferior scream, and you 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 see it on screen, and you can actually now know that you know uh, Williamson really got the kinks of scream out in uh, I know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I still think it's an enjoyable uh, enjoyable film, and uh, I do recommend this one. 
And uh, my final rating would be a three out of four. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. And like I was saying, I think this is probably in my life, probably like the second slasher film I've seen, maybe, you know, somewhere around there at least. And um, it's what really behind that and Scream, what really, what really sold me on the genre. You know, I loved it when I saw it in theaters. And I've loved it every time um, I've watched it since then. Um, looking at it this time with a little more of a critical eye, um, I can honestly say that I still really enjoy this movie. It may not be the 9 or 10 I gave it, uh, like I mentioned at the start of this review, <laughs> but it's a solid slasher film. And I can see how it helped to establish this slasher film resurgence, uh, you know, along with Scream. The Kevin Williams script... Williamson's script is much weaker than most of his other work, but it does a fine enough job giving us some interesting characters and okay kills. Um, there's nothing to write home about in the kills department, though, um, but I did really like Max and Helen's death, as we, as we mentioned, because of how mm-hmm. kind of unexpected they were, but in different ways. Max, you just don't really see coming out of the fog, and then Helen's you don't see happening right alongside a fucking marching band parade. Um, so yeah. those those two are pretty well done. I wish there would have been more gore, and or sex in this one though for it to really earn that r rating but i'm sure it's because they went you know with these two uh mainstream actresses who i can't imagine were really willing to show much skin with you know jennifer love hewitt being smack dab in the middle of her uh party of five run and mm-hmm. you know of course Selma michelle geller going on to be uh, buffy the vampire slayer but you know otherwise i enjoyed this one yet again so i'm gonna give i know you did last summer three out of four stars and I'm going to change my IMD ra- DB rating from a nine down to a solid seven. Nice. So, yeah. All right. So with that one out of the way, let's move over to its sequel. I still know what you did last summer. This one had the original U.S. theatrical release date of November 13th, 1998, about 13 months after the release of the original. It was directed by Danny Cannon and written by Trey Calloway, so different director and different writer. It had an uh, has an IMDb score of 4.6 out of the 58,425 votes that it received. It has a Metacritic score of 21, a 7% tomato meter score, but an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 29%. It had a $24 million budget with a $39.9 million gross, and it clocks in at a whopping 100 minutes. All right. So you were talking about how at the uh, – what's your history with this one? I guess we'll start there. Um, I saw it in theaters the one time. And uh, I I think I picked up this Blu-ray, I think, either early this year or late last year. Um, I don't usually go to these stores, but I went to Dollarama and uh, I saw it for like three ninety nine. So I just picked it up. Oh, wow. Um, Again, I think I just wanted to see Sam Michelle, uh, Jennifer LeFewitt, pardon me, uh, in uh, 1080p. <laughs> That's really right. the only reason because I remember not really enjoying the sequel. Um, so I was curious to see if uh, I was just jaded by the flood of uh, of copycats after Scream came out or not. So, uh, yeah, I remember, I think I've seen this now probably maybe three times total. Okay, very good. Yeah, this one um, is another one I remember seeing in theaters. And uh, loving it. And then I watched it again in 2012, I know, um, and liked it then as well. So, Okay, uh, let me guess. You probably gave this an 8 out of 10. Um, this I gave this a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, oh. actually. Yeah. Ooh, I lost a showcase showdown. You did, but that's all right. There's always next to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So 
so you were talking about how you feel like the ending of both of these movies, that final little tag uh, or whatever you want to call it, like little teaser at the end or whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, mm-hmm. are is not reality. And I kind of feel like it it feels the exact same as the opening of this movie. I feel like those are just like nightmares that she has, except they show us that they're a nightmare here because it has yeah. that it has those same feeling to it. Yeah, it does. Um, I'm tricked out now. I'll be honest, I've only watched this once um, compared to I Know What You Did, which I watched twice Got because yeah. this Blu-ray has, uh, it's pretty bare bones. Oh, okay. Apart from making of and the music video from Jennifer Love. Um, yeah, and the making of, I, I talked, I wrote about that too. I watched it. It's not even a, really a making of. It's more like a teaser for yeah. somebody that hasn't watched the film. Like it's fucking horrible. And uh, the and, music video has Jay And it's funny because- I'm thinking, you know, this is the time where Napster was king. Mm-hmm. And I am sure I had a Jennifer Love Hewitt CD. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And uh, then with the special features and there's a music video. So I wasn't, I couldn't remember exactly if she became or she tried to dab, dabble into music or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this just confirmed that she did that my, uh, my, uh, yeah. my memory wasn't too foggy. Yeah, I, I remembered that. And um, I remember that because they have that scene in here where she's singing karaoke and I wrote down, I was like, okay, this is, they just have this in here so that she can show off her singing chops. And I think it's hilarious because the, what's her name? Nancy, I think the bartender, she's like, uh, everyone's a singer. And it's like, so true because a lot of people, you know, that was pretty common. I feel, especially back then for. Well, especially like her, her co-host in this film or her co-star is Brandy. Exactly. You know, and she's the girl is Monica. So. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. Jennifer Love Hewitt gets uh, a lot uh, sexier in one year. So good for her. You know what? I was surprised that this was a 98 film because mm-hmm. she seemed a lot older she, in this movie. Yeah, you're absolutely right. She seems a lot more mature this time around, which again, it's just the playing with makeup, right? Makeup and hair. That's what they can do. I, I suppose so. She seemed a lot more glam. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Um, man, that campus was sure buzzing for a summer semester. <laughs> I was like, I've been to you know a few different universities, and they, they always die in the summer. But that place, it was like fucking fall. But what what I don't get is why are you back into becoming a crazy uh, a, a crazy shut in again? You know, because she's back into the, she she reverted back into her original self. Now, the only suggestion I might have to that is that she's got survivor's guilt because she survived. Ray survived. Everybody else died. Yeah. So I'm thinking that could be the only reason why she's losing sleep again. Because technically, she didn't kill anybody. Right. Exactly. Sure. They didn't find the body of Ben, Mm -hmm. but she didn't, you know, they didn't kill the person with the car. So, you know. My thought on it, and I thought they tried to explain it away very shortly, was that it was... I feel like this isn't who how she normally necessarily is. I feel like she has the nightmares because she's clearly suffering from PTSD. Which they, yeah, I think it's very blatant. True. But yeah. it's be- specifically this weekend because it is Fourth of July weekend, and it's ah, just one okay. day later. And I think that's why she's kind of being shut in this weekend. It's kind yeah. of like in Halloween H two O, where Jamie Lee Curtis's character is like, "You have to stay in this weekend. You can't go on that trip." Or, and then she eventually lets him go. Blah blah blah. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Kind of that same yeah, idea. I'll, I'll accept that. Um, but I had something else, and I lost. Okay, so why is he? Sh- why is she so happy? Go look at the end of the first film. You know, even right. without the whole like guy going, or maybe that's the first part. Is like you know she she's back at school. She's normalized again. She's happy, and then she's dreaming of the or she's uh, 
you know, she she's seeing uh, these words on the shower and then a shower explodes. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's like her psyche kind of just like, you know, right. Go sh- short circuits. Now that's right. why she's acting now. Mm-hmm. There we go. I just sent around him. So that's good. But uh, yeah, no. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. We're good. <laughs> Moon on. You nailed that one. Um, I sure did. <laughs> uh, I wrote down jealousy doesn't look good on Ray. Um, <laughs> okay, he's acting weird in this one too though oh yeah he sure as hell is like you have a beautiful girl like that yeah. and you do and she went strip to Jamaica and you're like no I have to fish I know what the fuck Go. yeah but then wants to propose to her I'm like dude yeah, you're exactly. mixed. Your signals are mixed that's what I was like I was like what the fuck so oh, where the hell was it um Oh, I was like, of course he has a ring. Like, what a fucker. Things going poorly? Ask her to marry you. That'll solve it. Marriage on the rocks? Have a fucking kid to make things all better. That's like the same mentality. It's like, what the fuck? Ray. And not not just yeah. that. You're a fisherman. You smell like fish. <laughs> Why are you carrying your engagement <laughs> exactly. ring in your fucking dirty chum covered overalls? Oh, man. What a stupid I know character. I'm nitpicking, but that's what crosses my mind when I'm watching this. I'm yeah. like, dude. What if what if something happens uh, where you know you get wet and the mm-hmm. fucking ring goes away or right. something? You know, it, it, it's a full it, carrot it, diamond. That shit's expensive. Holy shit! Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was an interesting setup for our opening scare. Not, I guess it's technically not our opening scare um, because they have that with the nightmare sequence. But right after that, because they don't give us any indication that she has a roommate, and so yeah. the fact that we know someone's in the apartment. As an audience, we're thinking, shit, something's wrong. Obviously, purposely so by the director and the writer. But uh, intelligently done, well executed because they don't let us know. So, yeah, the the jump scare works. You know what I mean? The scare works. I have two things with that scene. Yeah. One, um, is it established that she's actually a roommate or just a friend getting some clothes? I, you know, because it could because that necessarily is really being friend. sneaky as well, you know. Right. Yeah. But two, if she's not her co or not a roommate, how in the hell is Julie James affording this huge ass place while being in college? <laughs> right. Like, even Melissa made a comment. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a big mm-hmm. dorm. I guess not a dorm, but she's not she's not a she's not a uh, how how do you call them um, Sigma Pies and all that. Uh, uh, she's not a um, yeah, she's not a sorority girl, right? Um, but she does have a big place to herself. Like, mm-hmm. even if it's just her and and uh, Carla or Brandy, um, that's a huge house, right? I'm just like, how is she affording it? Yeah, is, is she, <laughs> she on the side? <laughs> is that why Ray is hesitating giving her the, the ring because exactly. she hasn't left her her new recent past? Oh, Who knows? Man. Um, big house. Yeah, I I really like Brandy in this. Though. I think she's great. I love her like one of her first lines. I just wanted to borrow your black skirt, but I ain't ready to die for it. <laughs> yes. Uh, see, uh, this is where I I don't like the casting of this movie. Oh, I really? don't like Brandy. I oh, don't wow. like uh, Pfeiffer at all. Oh, I love them. I love really. Them. Yeah. And then later on, we're we're, we're getting um, we're getting uh, Jack Black in his like oh, you know, early yes. tenacious D fame. Yes. I'm like. Don't like that. I knew only- it. I knew. I wrote it down. I was like, I, I guarantee you, I'm the only one that liked this. I was like, well, maybe Ash will not hate it because Ash generally has better opinions than you, Mark. <laughs> but I was like, I know Mark's gonna hate this fucking character. You know, it's funny because I love Tenacious. At least, at least at that point in time, I love Tenacious D. Like, I had, oh really? I had bootleg CDs of their concerts. Like, I really <laughs> dug that shit. You oh, know, man. Um, but, but just like today, today's date, mm-hmm. I just. 
I did not like uh, Jack Black at all. I did. At it all. just makes me laugh. It's stupid as fuck, but it makes the, me laugh. The only, the only casting I really loved was Jeffrey Coombs. Jeffrey Coombs, yeah. I fucking, <laughs> I but you know, it's hard not to like the guy in exactly. anything he does. Like, you know, he's just, because you're a genre fan, you like, you like right. Jeffrey, you know? Yeah. Um, I also did not hate Jennifer Esposito as the bartender. She and was kind of so- pointless. Like, she didn't really add much to it, but. Well, I had this in mind that I thought she was maybe the daughter of Ben and she was the one doing oh. the killing. I don't know why I thought that, but that was when I saw her, I'm like, oh, dude, she's the killer. Okay. I just couldn't remember how this movie ended. That's interesting. I don't yeah, remember. I, had, I don't remember ever thinking that, but that's interesting. Oh, she, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know why that just popped in. Yeah. She, I, okay. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, okay. Uh, Sorry, I'm jumping again. No, that's fine. But yeah, I'm really surprised because I really like Mackay Pfeiffer, um, as Ty, Tyrell, because I just, I think he's a likable character throughout this. And I think it just becomes fucking hilarious once they actually get to the island. Um, but we'll, oh, we'll kind of oh. talk about that. Okay, I, I should maybe backtrack a bit. Yeah. I, I like Kai Pfeiffer. I mm-hmm. like the actor. I didn't like the role of Tyrell. Okay. And I I, I, think I liked was, both, I guess. See, I, I thought he was trying way too hard just to get into uh, Carlos Pants. Uh, yeah, but I, I think I, that I, becomes a running gag. And I think that's why it, it's funny because he is keeps getting cock-blocked at every fucking yeah. turn. But it's like it, it was a cheesy at first, and then it was like okay enough. Or I, I don't know. I just I just didn't like the character itself. I just thought the whole romantic aspect. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, if if at this point you're, you're not even kissing her, then you know you don't have any chance in hell during the whole film. Yeah, um, I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand that. Yeah, but I, I definitely I liked it, and I thought it was funny. It worked for me, I guess, but. Um, Will, on the other hand, it just comes off as a super douche from the second we meet him. Um, and this is one I was, I knew that it was so blatantly obvious that who the killer was, I feel like in this one, um, where See, it's I, lesser in the first it, it surprised It surprised me. It, it, it legit really? surprised me when I watched it. Yeah. Just because I'm thinking, well, okay, who's the, right off the bat, who's this, uh, it's Freddie Prince Jr. ripoff mm-hmm. <laughs> because I forgot, like, I thought he was just in the opening scene. And then he keeps getting, you know, like, oh, come to, you know, come to Jamaica or whatever they were going. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, he, he was just like, he's even more milk toast than Freddie Prince Jr. Like, yeah. he's so bland. He's blander than the bland guy from the last movie. Right. But so I'm like, oh, right. Julie's going to like him. Exactly. I love that we have the same joke at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, but... I, I agree with you. I just, I did not like him. And I thought it was pretty obvious that it was Will's voice in the phone call for the radio station this time around. But admittedly, I, I didn't catch that at all the first time I watched it. So I, I don't, I don't think it's fair to use that as a critique against the film. Um, yeah, but I didn't catch it, again, it at all. You know, I could hear it, I guess. But I think to me, the biggest bummer of the film mm-hmm. is, uh, we get to see John Hawks who plays, uh, Ray's, uh, buddy, you know, the fisherman Dave, buddy who yeah. goes traveling with him. I, I like the actor myself. Like, I think yeah. he's awesome in everything he does. Um, and the fact that he fucking died right away, I, I was bumped. He's I the one guy that had the most, like, you know, the, the the best acting chops in the whole film. Right. Yeah. And and that's why I was I wrote down as well. Like, I really liked Dave. I thought he was funny. He's he's obviously smarter than Ray, who's a complete dumbass. 
Um, and then yeah. I totally forgot that he died so damn early. Um, and his death is actually the one that was very reminiscent of Max's death from the first film. Mm-hmm. They're both like the yep. first major kill and just the way it, in the ho- chin and hook in the chin and pulled out um, was just like Max over the ice cube. Yeah, but, so I had a recollection that he was actually on the vacation trip as well. Oh, and, really? Uh, obviously, incor- I was incorrect because right. he died right away and I got bummed. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, for some reason, I remembered him, like, being with the other group. Not necessarily on – I didn't know when, I guess. I just thought he was with them. But, yeah, and then all of a sudden he's dead. And I was like, oh, well, that was not the case. But – Yeah. Um, One thing this film tries to do, and I think it tries way too hard at and fails, is the jump scares. They are – there are so many crammed in here that they just – they don't work. Well, that's the film's bread and butter because mm-hmm. this film really isn't a bloody mess at all. No. Oh. You know, it, it's, a, it's a lot of, again, cat and mouse and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, boo. It's, 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 a, it's a boo uh, slasher film. Yeah, which I generally really like jump scares in films, but I feel like they have to be done a certain way to make them effective and they weren't done in a way to make them effective here. There were a couple, maybe one or two that I wrote down as we go that... I thought yeah. worked well, but for the most part, I thought there was too many and they weren't actually getting me, which I'm a little bitch. Like my coworkers uh, love scaring me at work. Like literally all the fucking time <laughs> they jump out yeah. and scare me when I'm trying to turn a corner or something. They just love it because I get scared so fucking I jump very easily. And this but, one, it didn't get me. So I don't know. Well, at, at this point, because I feel dead inside from watching so many horror, <laughs> so much horror movies, right? Um, like, I've just seen, I've just everything you know yeah um again not counting real life because real life is real life but like mm-hmm. when it comes to a horror movie yeah i only get like a spike in adrenaline mm-hmm. at a jump scare because just really? doing something gory on film doesn't do anything like i don't hide under a blanket i don't right. no, no, you know no. throw a pillow mm-hmm. at the screen mm-hmm. um it's you have to surprise me yeah for me to get any reaction watching a horror film these right. days unless i'm really digging the film then i'm like yeah this is awesome like in uh, uh don't breathe Again, that third act, it was like, holy shit, like I'm clapping in the theaters. Yeah. Oh, dude, watch that. Um, But uh, apart from that, like, I just don't get scared. Yeah, jump scare is just a natural reaction. That's why they're like, oh, you're so scared. I'm like, no, it's a fucking natural reaction. You jumped out at me. What the fuck do you want? (laughs) I had the same feeling of somebody right in front of my car. Exactly. It's a a, a chemical reaction with real-time events. What I did find funny, though, I'm watching this film, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking how much better um, Club Dread was. <laughs> like, no, really, yeah, this I, is... I like, I loved Club Dread so much, yeah. Yeah. It was so funny. It's, 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 it's really the same film. I, it, right, but it's like a, it's like a satire of this, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just, it's everything done better, yeah. you know? Hmm. Uh, which I just found, I, like, I'm, I actually chuckled. I'm like, uh, this, yeah, Broken like- Lizard did a better slasher film. I like that Derek, the worker who greets them, he puts on like a fake Jamaican accent. Like, yeah, you got to hustle for your money. Exactly. Yeah. So funny. Um, yeah. And Jack Black's character we talked about, he's so stupid here, but he just fucking Titus makes me laugh. I can't help it. But, but again, it's, it's, it's early in the popularity of Tenacious D where he's getting film roles now. Yeah. So I remember when he first came on screen, he said a comment. I forget what it is. Now I didn't write it down. Oh. But I'm like, that's a Tenacious D reference or like oh, it's really? part of his. His lingo with uh, Kyle Gass. And I'm like, okay. okay, like, whatever. It is 97. It is when it got really popular. I think around the same time, they had that HBO, those HBO uh, shorts, those mm. digital shorts that they did. 
which you can watch them all. They're collected in the Tenacious D Volume 1 Best of type of thing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, like, he was really hitting his first, ex- is, like, huge exposure, you know? Is that how he kind of got his fame, was through Tenacious D? He wasn't an actor first? Well, he was a comedian. Like, I remember you'll see oh, some early okay. episodes of Mr. Show, Bob and David. He's, oh. like, one of those minor cast uh, actors. Gotcha. Um, but he he got, he got did get big as Tenacious D with Kulgas. Okay. At least best of my, my knowledge at the time. What's that? And then... I feel like I knew one song of Tenacious D. Fucker Gently? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, that's the one that's uh, animated uh, in the same style as Ren and Stimpy. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the that's probably the same the animator. animator. Yeah. Not my favorite song. Um, the actual album is actually, it's it's pretty it's pretty good. It's it's still funny. I think it still holds up. Mm. But it's it's also a, uh, it's a uh, product of its time. I don't think right. something like that now would still work. Mm. I'm not even sure if they still uh, tour or not. I don't know. Would I go? I think I would go. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if they're still active or not. Hmm. Yeah, I know him more just from his his film work. I was never um, really much into Tenacious D. My friends were, but for whatever reason, I just never really listened to it. Um, and so yeah. I just know him from. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was left wondering what would how what would have Max done if they didn't invite him on this trip. Like he has no guarantee that they're going to invite him. They could have invited literally any other friend that they had. What happens if he's not invited? Like, does he just show up there? Like, I think he would have been um, in a rain slicker and a hook as well. Yeah, well, that's I'm true. Sure yeah, if he was not part of the foursome, then he mm-hmm. would have uh, been there anyways. Right. Yeah, that's a good just point. Just lurking in the shadows. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and just I love how how much of a needless prick. Jeffrey Combs character is in this like oh. it's just so funny and over the top and I love it he's great because the way that they're acting I'm like yeah I think Jeffrey Combs has the right to treat him like well maybe not at first right <laughs> he yeah. was a bit uh on the defensive yeah not or maybe even offensive to start but. no no but at the same time like oh these kids and mm-hmm. plus like if you have to look at it from his perspective they're entering the hurricane or the the rainy season right and now he's got to babysit like these four kids because yeah. technically he has to because it's it's him, it's the porter, it's the groundskeeper, and it's the bartender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anybody else? Oh, and uh, and tenacious D. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So you know, um, <laughs> so they're, they, it's kind of like instead of being you know customer service, he's more in a role of a parent. Yep. Yeah. It was right. like don't break shit and we'll we'll yeah, be just yeah, fine. Exactly. One moment that I think is really fucking odd, and they don't explain it because she dies shortly thereafter. Is the maid, like the housekeeper, completely ignores Julie when she yes. starts calling for her. It's like, wh- why? What is happening here? I That I don't know. And it's uh, never no, she just died. I'm like, oh, what? It is possible that she didn't speak English. You know, yeah. she knows housekeeping because, right, well, exactly. she's a housekeeper. But, it's you know, like, you go to some of these uh, resorts. Well, okay, well, I've been to one. And they all spoke English. But I could see how uh, maybe uh, a local would not speak English. Yeah. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Look at me with the real facts. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who brought this guy? I don't know. <laughs> they do speak English in the Bahamas. I have been there. Yeah. But um, as long as you promise not to snore, if I get out of hand, you can throw something at me. That's why I was like, fuck you, Will. You're such a douche. God, he just, I did not like him at all. He's, uh, he's like how how Tyrell has all this outward game yeah. to try to get right. into Carla's uh, bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Will has this, he's playing the same game. 
just a different tactic because Julie isn't like uh, Carla. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's the same thing. You know, it's like, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, yeah, I'll sleep on the couch. Oh, maybe she'll get cold. I'll be able to snuggle in bed with her. Right. You know. Right. So they've got the same thing on their mind. Uh, well, Will has something a little more in his mind, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, they're playing the same game, just a different, uh, a different tactic. Right. I think it's so weird that they make and they they mention it like three times the fact that they're in room rooms two hundred one and two hundred two, but it's it's like another thing that's like okay, so it's what? The honeymoon suite, hmm. like a honeymoon suite, and we really didn't see much of the room, no. and they never really like those. It didn't look any more romantic in any other room. No, like the only thing I was thinking maybe was because later on when they're running away from the killer, they're like on like the roof or whatever. And they look down. And she's like, oh, my God, that's my room. And so maybe like, I I don't know. That's not a that's not a good reason. Oh, I have no idea. It just didn't make any sense. So maybe the honeymoon has a skylight uh, or the right. honeymoon suite yeah. has a skylight. Who, who knows? But they yeah. talked about it three times. And the first time they mention it, then they do the joke about the honeymoon suite. But then it's mentioned again by Estes or yeah. whatever his name is. It's like, okay, why are they? Um, well, did you notice in the third time they mentioned it, you saw uh, Michael Keaton in the background? <laughs> I, I missed that. No, I definitely missed that. Oh, you, sh- you should rewind your tape. I will. <laughs> I will. It's all on the VHS, so you have to, yeah, you have to get a special. Right. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. A little Beetlejuice reference. I like that. Beautiful. <laughs> um, I and I think it's interesting that like all the employees at this place are just fucking weirdos. So like the bartender Nancy doesn't exactly have the best pe- people skills. She's like Ooh. none of your damn business. Why I'm still here or whatever. And then obviously the the weird um Titus being the the uh, drugs guy, the fake Jamaican accent Derek, and then Estes doing like the shit with the voodoo, and then obviously mm-hmm. just the asshole uh, Mr. Brooks. Uh, and yeah. so it's just interesting that the characters that we are introduced to there. Yeah, I, I find that they're all one note characters. Oh, absolutely. Like, you yeah. know, it's a slasher film. Yeah. They're the only ones on the island apart from the main cast. You know, right. they're all going to die first. So uh, as a sequel, you'll get an, uh, more of a body count, yeah. right? And we got that in this film. Yeah. It's follows... just it's people we don't really care about. Yeah, exactly. Like the only person that died in the last one that we really like didn't give a shit about was the cop. Mm-hmm. You know, we cared about all the other, well, at least we, we got more out of all the other characters, but the cop was a throwaway as well. Right. This film, we've got about five extra cops. Yeah, exactly. The majority are uh, throwaway because mm-hmm. only, well, two of our main characters die, right? So two out of the main four. Yeah. In, in this one? Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Ty yeah. and, or Max, yeah. Jesus. Is that, no. Oh, Will. Will. Thank you. Yeah. Um, But yeah. I liked the exchanges when Julie and Carla did the yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, what I say. I liked that. It made me laugh every time they did that. Okay. Um, I just thought it was like a, a cute character build, like a relationship builder. Sure. It just shows that they're 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 closer than right. they might seem at first. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we get the uh, I still know lyrics on there. And I guess that's, you know at first it felt like they were just adding this in because, you know, she was starting her career as a singer, but you know, they do introduce this as the first time that some, we, that the first time the audience will know that something weird is going on in the Island because they do introduce the, I still know lyrics. So there's that, uh, but I kind of like that. Yeah. And that's why I thought it was the bartender. I, oh, okay. That, that just, it just made my link. I'm like, ah, oh, it's right. probably her. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's interesting because <laughs> Isn't the fact that Will happens to have the exact same handwriting as the killer from the last movie 
any indication to her that something might be up because that note that he leaves her is exactly the same fucking note, except it has different information on the inside. It's like, that's not, that doesn't mean anything to you. Uh, I'm trying to remember that scene. Um, it's when she gets the note and then turns around and he's right standing behind her and he she, uh, she scares him and she or he scares her and she drops the vase with the roses in it and everything. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah, that was a bit weird. If I yeah. was one of those characters, I would have that font right. seared into my brain. Or if I came <laughs> exactly, across it, I would yeah. run the other way because it's such yeah. a a huge moment in her life. You know, everything's going fine, then all of a sudden, boom! A year later. You get this. I know what you did last summer. I mean, yeah, you would know that text. You would think so. Um, yeah, then we start getting into all the kills that mean virtually nothing. You know, Derek, uh, then the housekeeper, and then Titus. Are, they're, it's so quick. Two, three, boom. Yeah. The- I, I find the murders start really meaning something when Mr. Brooks dies mm-hmm. and the radio gets smashed. Right, because um, then you know they're in big trouble. And that was the goriest kill, I believe, in the film, right? Well, actually, maybe not. I think maybe it's tied with Nancy as well. We don't really see Mr. Brooks die. We just see him dead. Well, we just see his after effects. And yeah. wasn't there blood on the walls? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's bloody. But I guess Nancy's death is pretty pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's a bit. I'll be honest. I, I was surprised, though, when Tyrell got killed. I like that. I think I, he was my favorite kill just because it's out of nowhere. And uh, Yeah, wasn't expecting that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was okay with his kill because I thought it was annoying to begin with. So <laughs> I, I wasn't yeah, shedding I any him. tears. Um, the what was I going to say? Uh, I so even though these are meaningless kills, I do understand why they're done because there are so few people on the island. It's like just get them out of the way, so then you can get to the people that you really want to kill. So it made sense to me that yeah. all these people were dying. Yeah, no, it, it did. Again, we just had to increase the bloodshed for the sequel because right. the sequels do. Yep, exactly. You can't can go backwards. Um, 10 people on this whole damn island and they're all going to end up in this jacuzzi so when they start start building up the uh, the cock blocking running gag that continues on throughout his death to literally the very <laughs> end but, yeah it was pretty funny um, so the one, one of the jump scares that I did like was when the the baddie was Ben was uh, walking behind her and we see him in the mirror as she bends down to dry her hair um, I remember that one specifically in the theater because there was this this woman next to me who like screamed at the top of her lungs and was like, he's right behind you. And I was like, oh, this is happening. <laughs> um, and uh, but so I remember that one a lot, but I really like that one. But again, I think, you know, there's just so many in here that I wish there would have been less because it would have made that even more effective. But mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, so <laughs> um, I love that Estes, he steals jennifer or uh, uh julie's toothbrush he steals carla's boat uh hair, hair bow, and he steals fucking yeah. tyrell's gold necklace i'm like oh, that's a little different <laughs> how, <laughs> oh. did he, how did he not notice the necklace i know missing? like <laughs> i know he, i feel like that's the only one who didn't mention that his necklace was gone because she mentions where's my, ho- my hair tie and and julie mentions where's my toothbrush but i don't remember him saying anything about his gold necklace Maybe maybe it was supposed to be a surprise or something. It's like, oh, I didn't lose anything. Right. Maybe yeah. it was supposed to give it to, to, to Carla <laughs> or something. Who knows? Exactly. Who knows? Oh, man. Um, I thought that moment where they the four of them wake up in bed together with Will's hand on Ty's face. Uh, I thought it was dumb, <laughs> but it did make me chuckle. Right. So. Yeah, it made me laugh, too. Um, and then the second reason why Jennifer Love Hewitt became my first celebrity crush. Uh. 
pops in. Let's talk about this. Yes. Let's talk about this. The workout scene, which turns into the tanning scene. And oh, the first I time okay. that we see uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt in the bikini. And yes. Yep. I'll never forget that in my 11-year-old brain. Um, and uh, <laughs> even as an impressionable 11-year-old, I was good. And even as an impressionable 31-year-old, I still thought it was fucking fantastic last night. So um, she's uh, gorgeous in that. And I love that scene. Um, and then the whole idea of this tanning blue scene is just fucking terrifying to me. Um, and I think that's why this scene works so well, um, because they go um, whole hog with this idea in um, Final Fantasy or uh, Final Fantasy in Final Destination. Um, yes. I forget which one it is. Is it two or three? I can't remember. I think it's I think isn't it the f- it's three. It, OK, I don't remember. I, I don't three. remember. Yeah, I don't remember a. Uh, yeah, it is three. A, I'm pretty uh, certain, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Three. You're right. Um, but yeah, they go whole hog with it, and I just remember it because it's so fucking gross and creepy, and I think that's uh, part of the reason why it works so well, is just because it's fucking terrifying to me to be locked in a tanning booth like that. Yes. Um, but well, what I also found funny yeah, though is that you know they're they're trying to smash the lock. Thank you. Just unplug the bed. Turn the fuck off. Exactly. Like, why would you? What are you doing, you morons? That's exactly what I wrote down. It's like, how are you this stupid? Fucking turn yeah. it off. Like, oh, that was so dumb. I I agree. And now, is is the is that scene? Is that before or after the shower scene where she puts on the robe? Do you remember that scene? Uh that's after that. Is it yeah, after? Okay, she, so we'll get to. Yes, the robe on is when we see the jump scare in the mirror when he walks behind her that I, I was mentioning a couple of seconds ago. She's in the robe. Oh, okay, okay. Well, did you know? Okay, so that robe scene. Yeah. Or she's in that white and gets caught in the robe. Yep. Um, Melissa made this comment. She goes, "Why did she get into a wet robe? That robe is soaked with the water. It's fucking <laughs> see through. Like first, it, it's cling to her body." It's see-through. I didn't even notice that. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like she she's putting on like she's got that white uh, that white uh, you know hotel robe. Yeah. And like and Melissa's like, yeah, it's soaking wet. Why would she wear that? Like even if you towel off huh. a bit, or even if you don't towel off after a shower, mm-hmm. that thing looked like it was soaking in water for a long time because it is curve hugging. And That's I funny. swear, I didn't rewind because I was watching it with Melissa, uh, but. <laughs> But I swear I could see her nipples through the oh uh, rope. Oh, God. Well, the DVD is yeah. still in my Xbox downstairs, so it'll be turned back on uh, just for well, research reasons. The just full 1080p Blu-rays in my hands right now. There you so go. So I don't have the chance so, to yeah, you'll probably the machine. You'll have a better, uh, a better look than I do because mine's only the uh, DVD, but... If I could screen cap it, I would, but there you I, go. Don't, I don't know how to do it. Well, you fucking but, Google uh, that I, shit and you figure it out because uh, we need to I, know. I guess I could. <laughs> I could. But maybe maybe uh, I just imagined. Right. Maybe I just, you know, <laughs> the, but I'm pretty damn sure that was see That's so funny. Oh, yeah, man. Awesome. We are. Yeah. We are. Yeah. Yes, we are. <laughs> 100%. Oh, man. Anywho. So – Okay, so what? What else? What? What next here? Um, uh, uh, the credits. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um. Oh yeah. So Ray finally grows a pair. He says, "I'm not looking for a weather report. I'm looking for a boat." As he pulls out the gun, it's like it took two films, but this fucker finally grew a pair. Good for Ray. He's oh, but did we talk awesome. about how he had to? He left the hospital. Yeah, we, we, didn't, climbed out the, we didn't. No, but he climbs out the yeah. window. 
because D- Dave gets uh, killed, and yep. then uh, Ray gets his ass kicked by uh, uh, well, what's it? Uh, ben. Ben. Yeah. Like pretty good, and then it, it, it leaves leaves uh, the the hospital, and then makes his way to the island, mm-hmm. but again had to uh, use a, a gun on the boat operator because right. of the shitty weather. So goofy. Oh it man. Is. But hey, at least at least he's actually showing some you know uh, difference in character, some some depth to his character. Unlike yeah, the first showing, one, uh, so. he's showing a lifeline. There's actually a blip on the radar. Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh man. So then she does the yelling at the sky thing again when they're in this great uh, cemetery area, and she sees her name on the gravestone. Um, Ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work, but yeah. No, um, not this time. And then they set up another stupidly obvious red herring. Because they try to make you think Estes is the one who did it because he knocks out Will. Uh, which because, again, of because of religion. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, why? This doesn't make sense. Like, I don't, I didn't buy that at all. I didn't think he was the killer at all. No. At the same time, though, he did, uh, he did steal some items. So, you yeah. know, whatever. He's just misunderstood. <laughs> right. Yeah. How can you be mad at Bill Cobbs? You can't. Exactly. He's one of the greatest character actors. You cannot be him. mad at him. He's, I'm sure he's been bad guys before. Right. Uh, but, uh, I can't think of any. Exactly. Yeah, and then and then the, the, the payoff. This is the worst goddamn vacation of my life. I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm fucking horny, and personally, I haven't seen any goddamn psycho killer, and then throat slash. <laughs> oh, the poor bastard. Well, but You got fucked. Yeah, finally, right? Shit. Man, oh man. Uh, and like, where did the, like, was the killer in the fucking air vent in the kitchen? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, he like comes when out of the did... fucking ceiling, like... When did Ben Willis gain all the strength with one arm? I know. It was so funny. Power of the stump. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was so weird as hell and goofy when he he walks into the um, greenhouse. Brandy's already in there. Uh, Carla's already in there. He walks in and then like the birds just start flying around him. Yeah. Okay. That's a strange choice to make, but all right. Uh, Speaking of birds, there was a scene where they were outside at night. Okay. I think it was just a composite shot where I mean, it was just a shot of just like the outdoors, but they had birds fluttering in the air. I'm like, oh, that's so CGI. <laughs> it looks so fake. Oh, really? I don't even remember it. I don't, and I can't picture it. I, I couldn't recall exactly yeah. what happened, but it was getting dark. The sky was really dark blue and right. you just saw like a silhou- silhouette of like a... Uh, oh, like I think I remember what you're talking birds. about. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, yeah. very animated. So right after he gets into the greenhouse, the dude's arm is stuck through the window for a minute and you have an axe in your hand. Like, why not at least take one swing at the motherfucker? Like, mm-hmm. instead, she just w- turns and runs away with the axe. Like, really? Like, you have a shot. Take a swing. Damage him a little bit. Wound him. But well, nothing. That, that's the thing. You have a weapon. You know, are you going to keep hiding all night? Right. Like, w- when is the storm going to let? You don't know any better. Mm-hmm. You're not local. You know, like, yeah. he's there. He's blocked. Yep. Fucking face him off. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a movie. I guess the running time was not long enough. Right, so. right, right. Another speaking, and that's the thing. I think there were kind of a few goofy moments toward uh, the second half of this film. And another one was the I am holding your hand. No, you're not. Ah, moment. Uh, when they find the dead bodies in whatever the hell pretty, they were. That's pretty funny. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was just silly. Um, but, and that's the, so. Why would they think that it was Estes? Because Julie saw Ben's face earlier in the film because he was close enough to her. Like, it just, I thought that was really strange that there was even a thought to them that it would have been Estes, especially to Julie, because she literally saw the guy's face. 
Yeah, but she's also she's also a little a little nuts. Like, like she's she's having like a psychotic break. I think uh, that's why she's so jumpy. That's why she's having so many nightmares. Maybe she just you know she she thought he she saw Ben's face. Yeah, but it wasn't really Ben's face. Like who right. knows? You know, she at this point, you know, she couldn't really trust what she was seeing because, like, what's real and what's not anymore. And that's why she has uh, she had uh, issues with trusting people and even being on this trip. Mm-hmm. Like she was she was coerced to go on this trip. She didn't want to, she didn't really want to go, right? And uh, and obviously she went and uh, she's facing her fears again. Yeah, but uh, she she's not hundred percent like we, we want her to be, and exactly. she's hot. <laughs> you know, hot. but hot, hot girl can be crazy too. Right, that's how that usually goes. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's <laughs> what she, she she's a bit crazy. Right. So you were it 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 surprised you when Will was revealed as as being one of the killers. Yes. Okay. Because I I totally thought it was Nancy. I really did this whole time. Gotcha. Hmm. And then he goes, "Oh, Benson, Ben's son." I know. Like that. Oh, like, I fucking me with a spoon. Cringed when that happened. I was like, "Oh my god!" It's just the way he said it. He was like, "Yeah, Ben's son." Right. Duh. <laughs> you know, it's like Such oh, okay, fucker. Oh man. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I I uh, I I didn't like the character to begin with. Right. I thought again, blander than bland, but. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. Like, I, I thought it was just kind of lame. And even yeah. though I know who the killer is in Scream, in the Scream movies, I still, when I get to the end, I still appreciate the reveal. Whereas mm-hmm. in this one, I knew who it was, but I didn't appreciate it. And so I think that's that kind of says a lot, I guess, about my thoughts on the reveal. Yeah, and but. you have to think. I'm not sure how long the original film script was gestating before it actually got made. Oh, I can't. Imagine but this really had, well. you know. A, a year and change turnaround time right. and quick. it kind of shows it, it feels like a total rush job just mm-hmm. to cash in on the uh on yeah. the uh serial killer uh, craze right absolutely nancy i th- so her de- it's kind of cool the way it happened but it's like the most pathetic death because literally estes falls on her and then bane sticks the rake or whatever the hell it is through the both of them and it's just yeah. like that's that sucks like what a it shitty way a- to go it reminded me of the kill in the first Friday the 13th when the couples have, I think oh, it's Kevin Bacon. Bed. Kevin Bacon's death, yeah. yeah. So a very similar, you know, like a double spike scene. Right. Another similar scene to uh, Maniac or Psycho Cop 2 where there's a scene like that where uh, office worker or office uh, co-workers are having sex and uh, the Psycho Cop uh, just spears them with, a, I don't remember what it was, but impales both of them, you know, one on top of another. Oh, okay. So I think it was well done. Um, but it's not original in any way, shape, or form. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I caught this, but when Ben said, stand him up when they were outside, I swear to God, Optimus Prime was talking right then. Like, <laughs> so much so that I want to go check and see if he played any of the voices of Optimus Prime, or because I don't know why, but stand him up sounded so much like Optimus Prime, it just blew me away. Did uh, he say, hey, uh, I'm Ben Willis? Right, exactly. <laughs> I am ben Willis. Stand him up. I don't know. It's just funny to me. Um, uh, this, I didn't catch it. It is funny. <laughs> I do love Julie's just fucking die as she shoots the hell out of him. But that said, this is another one where the ending is just too easy. The struggle's almost non-existent. It's literally a dodge from Ray. So Ben stabs Will and then a few bullets and that's it. It's over. 
Yeah, well, Explain. because they're still only human, right? Uh, they're they're right. built up in their minds because of their fro- uh, fragile psyche. Yeah, but this is also another reason why I find that the the scenes at the end are figments mm-hmm. or just to make the crowd happy. Right, because the guy got shot six times in the chest. He's fucking dead. Yeah, right. Um, so it's it's just like that's why like the at the last scene in this film is so unnecessary because there's no way that she's being attacked again. Mm-hmm. Um. I liked Brandy, uh, Carla's last line. If anyone asks, let's not tell him it rained the whole time, okay? <laughs> oh, that Carla. is funny. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the, that's a fear when you go overseas. You, you're hitting the week where it's raining. <laughs> exactly. A week. You know, you at home. Yeah. So I did enjoy that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you're talking about that final scare. And I actually really liked that final scare with her seeing him in the mirror and then getting pulled under the bed. It worked really well. But, it's another like you know a shameless setup for a sequel um and yet we'd never get a sequel to this one um sure many you know we'll get i always know but that's barely related to these from what i remember um it definitely doesn't have the same main characters like i already talked about but um i wonder why a third film never happened out of these and is it it's probably it could just be because he's dead and that's that but with all the money like this one didn't make nearly as much, but still it made a profit. Like you could probably take another one and make some money out of it. Barely though. Like uh, the budget was about twenty four million, and it just grows under forty. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Compared to right. the first one. So yeah. I think that's the reason why you didn't get another sequel. Yeah, I didn't take didn't take the chance. I guess. Like if we look, I'm gonna pull up a screen because I'm pretty sure it was a oh, much yeah. better profit. Yeah, that's an interesting. Uh, comparison right now that was, this was also 97 yeah and uh yeah uh, budget 24 100 gross 101 that's crazy yeah so so there's your answer <laughs> yeah i wonder why that is i guess it's just a year later they just weren't as interested a year later so that, that's, or, you know that, just, scream 3 came out in uh 2000 i believe right so a couple years after this one that one yeah. had 89 million gross out of a 40 million dollar budget and then Valentine was another one, which we'll talk about that. Yeah, I, I, I have not seen it. But even Scream 4, quickly here. That had to make uh, a shit. Uh, you know what? Budget was 40 mil. Gross was 38. Oh, wow. It lost money. That's interesting. Really? I thought Scream 4 was pretty solid. I did too. But I, you know that you mentioned it. I kind of remember that being a thing, that it wasn't making what they hoped it would, which, no is, prob- which is why oh. we didn't get um, Scream 4 like the next one right away oh i'm surprised by that i thought it was actually a really good outing but maybe people are just it's a different generation too right yep exactly like like i still saw it because scream was like exactly you know i was there at the right time um my buddy yeah maybe in uh grad school he was a huge scream fan he didn't really watch a lot of horror movies but he loves the scream series and uh we were there opening night man we loved that movie and we couldn't wait to see it we were counting down the days so yeah, I, I'm actually quite surprised by that. It, it lost $2 million, hmm. amongst other things. So, yeah. Well, I'm sure it that, made it back once it, hit, once it hit a home market, uh, home video. But Oh, probably. Yeah. I, I would hope so, at least. So anyway, all right. So what are your yes. final thoughts on your star rating for I Still Know What You Did Last Summer? Um, I, I thought uh, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer was a pale imitation of the first one. Um, it felt rushed. I didn't think there was much of a setup or story or likable characters. Um, I was just bored by it. They're, they're trying to bottle the same magic into this film and it's just not possible. 
Um, so I, unfortunately, even though I find uh, Sel, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, um, Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, very attractive, it mm-hmm. could not uh, give me um, the same joy as the first film. And that's why for this one, uh, I might give this a one out of f- 1.5 out of four. Very good. So one and a half for Mark. So excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> you know, I, I still know what you did last summer is a quick inferior follow-up to I know from the year prior. It tries to shove in way too many jump scares, uh, rendering them practically useless and has a ridiculous story with the sun being shoehorned in to keep the audience guessing because I feel like at this point the writers realized how much people liked guessing who the killers were in the Scream movies and so they brought it here. Um, But that said, I was still entertained the entire time. Um, This is another one that doesn't really have a lot of memorable kills, but they're decent enough for a 90s slasher film. Um, I definitely liked this one more when I first saw it um, than I have on repeat viewings, but I still enjoy it more than I probably should. I love Jennifer Love Hewitt, Brandy, and Mackay Pfeiffer here. Plus, Jack Black just makes me laugh in his ridiculous over-the-top role. Um, So because there are these likable characters, it makes it a fun movie to sit through. It's not a favorite of mine, and I do like the original better, but the setting is more interesting here. Um, just this whole hotel, you know, paradise setting and you get JLH in a bikini, which is always a great idea. So I'm giving, I still know what you did last summer, two and a half out of four stars. Very generous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, more than I should be, but that's how it goes. Excellent. Yep. So before we sign off, it's amazing that there's only been two of us the last two weeks and we've still had a podcast that runs over two and a half hours. Good Lord. I, I talked too much. It's these, it's I these double features. I should just cut out all the vowels. We are not yeah, no, built exactly. for double features. We are built for one film a week, and uh, we'll get yeah. back to that eventually, just uh, in, a, in uh, a couple months' time. Bef- before we uh, sign off for the evening, though, let's jump over to uh, the Besting the Backlog Challenge, round 32. So this, of course, where we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. And as a reminder, for this feature, each of us looks at the other's unwatched pile, be it their home video collections or one of their streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, or Vudu, and pick one film the other hasn't seen yet and challenge them to watch that film before the next podcast, where they then give a quick review of that film. So, last week we picked for each other. So, Mark, you watched the horror documentary Why Horror from 2014, thanks to me, Mm -hmm. and I watched Larva from 2005, thanks to (laughs) you. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in first here to get this out of the way. Sure. So I mentioned it last week, but the only reason I own Larva on DVD is because I won quote unquote smarmy jerk faces, uh, 31 horror movie contest a couple of years back. And I got this giant box of mostly questionable at best horror films. Um, and I think this may be the first or second movie I've actually watched from that winning package, but hopefully the rest are better than this pile of bore. Uh, <laughs> Larva, it's about a parasite that starts taking over the cattle in Host, Missouri. The new vet is trying to figure out why all these cattle are dying, and uh, it eventually leads him to call in his friend from the Department of Agriculture. Well, it turns out that the local owner of Host Tender Meals has been giving the farmers free food for their cattle in exchange for their services, I guess. Um, so the new vet suspects that this may be the root cause of the problem. And eventually the parasite starts spreading to the townspeople and uh, our hero, this veterinarian and uh, William Forsyth, of all people, are tasked with trying to save the town before everyone dies. Ah, yeah. Larva feels exactly how it sounds, like a bad made-for-TV sci-fi movie. It's got terrible CGI work, a boring story, and actors who are clearly just phoning it in for a paycheck. 
Um, there's virtually nothing about Larva that stands out in any positive way. It's just, it's boring as hell. It's only like a 96 minute movie, but it felt like it was on my damn television screen for fucking ever. Um, I wish I had something, uh, constructive, something positive to say about the movie, but I honestly don't. It's, it's not a good film and it's not bad enough to make it fun to watch either. It's just a poorly made movie. Um, with a lame script that I, I can't recommend. So I'm giving Larva one out of four stars. Ooh. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't fun. So what about you, yeah, Mark? I, I'm sorry. I, I really right. apologize. That's all right. It happens. So it, it just, how can I not say Exactly. Like, right. It's Larva. Exactly. It looks a lot you better. The really cover looks a lot better than the movie is. I'll tell you that. But how is Rachel Hunter? At really non-existent like she was fine like there's nothing yeah. of note in this fucking movie you know like i i don't know that's that's she was bad. yeah like i she has this accent for you know that she obviously has because she's from new zealand but like yeah she shouldn't have it in this character and like they try to shoehorn this love story in that they, frankly, they don't go too hard with it, but it's there, and it's it's just like ugh. I okay. Is it between her a, and William Forsyth? No, not William Forsyth. Um, oh, boo, whoever the in. fucking main character. I don't even know. I don't know who he is. But Joe Schmuel, we'll call him. yeah, uh, but. she should totally go for William Forsyth. He was uh, he was flat top and Dick Tracy. How can you not? <laughs> he looked fucking rough in this one, though, man. You can definitely tell he just needed that paycheck. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to do sometimes things. Right. No one to do exactly. So. Well, Mark, why horror? Why not? Right. That's what I say. Why not? So I watched Why Horror, a feature documentary, and it follows uh, Mr. Tal Zimmerman, who is uh, a lifelong horror fan, and uh, he looks at why some of us enjoy horror movies. Um, Tal, he looks Tal at is a culture. friend of yours, right? Yeah, well, we we know each other from the Rue Morgue boards back in the day. Oh, from Rue okay. Morgue. Um, so uh, he's an acquaintance, and we we chat, you know, once in a while. Okay. Um, I would I wouldn't say he's like you know you know he won't invite me for for dinner or anything, right. but uh, we're we're friendly and like he's a cool dude. I like the stuff that he puts up, and you know he's into posters and stuff like that, and so we have a lot of similar interests. Um, so yeah, I know him, and uh, yeah, he's a good guy, and uh, this is a fun documentary. Um, it's. A documentary that if I had the opportunity, I'd probably do something similar. Obviously, I wouldn't because now it's been done. Right. But, you know, it, he traveled around the world. He went to Mexico, went to Japan, most other places, and looked at the horror culture in those uh, countries as well as ours. He looked at the scientific, um, a scientific look at why do we like horror uh, or what does it do to, what does watching horror do to our brains? Uh, which I found interesting as well. Um, oh, man, when he went to, to Tokyo and went to Japan, I won't say Tokyo, but he went, he went to Japan, they have horror bars. So bars that are themed in, in horror movies, which, oh, wow. again, yeah, it's something we don't have here. At least uh, at the time, I'm not aware, aware of any of them. And at the time of the film, uh, they were not in Toronto. Um, so that's something that, uh, fuck, that'd be so cool to have, like a horror-themed bar. Mm -hmm. And not a gothic vampire bar, but just a horror bar. You know, you're playing horror movies, drinking beers. How cool would that be? Um, and amongst, that's our billion-dollar uh, uh, endeavor there, Mark. That's how we're going to be rich. Uh, that'd be so cool. We'll get the rights <laughs> from the guys in Japan to, to yeah. do... Uh, 
a Canada version, a U.S. version. Right. Um, so what's cool on top of all the stuff he did, but he also, there's also uh, quite a few talking heads, um, historical, uh, well, I guess I should say historians, uh, commented on uh, horror in the world. Um, you had, you know, directors, uh, stars, film critics on why we like this type of uh, entertainment. And uh, I thought it was fun to watch. It is cool to see, you know, a buddy, uh, like, you know, do something like this, you know. Um, but uh, I thought I thought it was good. I had kickstarted this. Um, I'm not sure if there is a uh, another Bluey release. Uh, of course, I have a Kickstarter version. And I know it's aired. Uh, I know you can buy it digitally. And it's aired on the Super Channel uh, channel in Canada, which is like a Canadian version of like an HBO. Um, so there are ways to get it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just, I've been, again, mentioning last week, I've been on a huge documentary kick recently. So yeah. this is another one of my docs that I have, uh, I can take off my list as, uh, my to watch pal. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it, it's fun. It's, it's nothing groundbreaking, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's, it's a fun, uh, 90 minutes to, to watch a fellow horror fan, uh, go around the world and answer the question of why horror to us. It's one of the complaints I've heard about it was that it's very basic, like a very basic horror documentary. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's not. It's not going to uh, blow minds away. Okay. And uh, I did read a, a few reviews on Letterboxd mm-hmm. uh, after I had uh, looked at it, where some people were really pissed off at one of the Talking Heads for using uh, some, I guess, uh, some just some lesser than nice comments um, about dating. Um, oh, okay. I, I, I just, I didn't bother me at all. But yeah. again, nice you know, I, I, it takes it takes, a, it takes a lot for me to uh, get all riled up, right? Um, so whatever. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed it, Good. so I would, uh, I would recommend people check it out. Again, you know, it, it skims the surface of horror, but it, it, it does show a few cool things um, that uh, I had never seen before. So um, yeah, I would say uh, pursue it if you can see it. Excellent. So, what do you what rating are you given that one? Well, I would give it a two and a half out of four. Very good. All right. So, we will pick for each other for next week's note. Uh, we didn't mention it, but um, Mark's got some, you got some things going on, so you may or may not uh, be able to join us for the the rest of this arc. Um, and if you can't, that's yeah. totally fine. Uh, we understand, but I'm still going to give you a movie and I'll have you give me one. Yes. Um, and then uh, Ash and I will just swap next week if that's if that's the way it has to be. So um, for you, and I frankly, you mm-hmm. may have seen this one, but I don't, I can't find it in your letterbox. So I don't think you have, okay. Um, okay. but it's, it's one that I actually really enjoyed and I think you will like. So I'm, even though you gave me a lot of it last week, I am still being nice. Um, <laughs> have you seen 2011's Detention? Yes and no. Now, the okay. reason why I say that is that I was, I remember being at my buddy Pat's place and we had imbibed a lot of alcohol. I remember starting the film. I don't remember finishing it. Oh, so that's okay. why it's on my list. So I would say I've seen the beginning, but I have no recollection of the film whatsoever. So, gotcha. so, so do no. you, do you want to do that one? Yes. I will okay. Do it. Okay. I think, I, I think that's a good one. Well, I um, like it. he liked it a lot and I, Take, took his recommendation i bought it um, okay and from what i did see briefly at the beginning i did like as well so okay. yes i will be more than happy to uh, watch this one all right perfect and uh i want to apologize uh for giving you larva last week <laughs> um, 
it was a dick thing to do. <laughs> it really was. And it just shows your, your character how you would not return the favor to me. That's right. So I will uh I'm gonna give you one of my favorite films of all time, which I'm surprised you've oh. never seen. I want you to watch the Blues Brothers. Oh, okay. I think I own the steel book of that actually. Okay. Very good. So the Blues Brothers from nineteen eighty. You know, this is one like I've always seen little bits and pieces of. It's my dad. My parents are not movie people at all. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. even. I my dad literally couldn't tell you the last movie he watched. But I remember him liking this one from when I was younger. Like he would have it on TV every once in a while. Like if he if he passed it channel surfing or whatever. Um, and so this is uh, this is one I'm actually really excited to watch. A John Landis film from 1980. So I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, it's 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 fabulous. I don't want to taint uh, your your outlook right off the bat, right, but yeah. it's it's so fucking good. So. Good, excellent, cool, very good. So I will be watching 1980s The Blues Brothers for the first time, and Mark will be watching 2011's Detention, and then Ash should be back next week watching Lilo and Stitch from 2002. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So that is going to wrap things up for this week. So remember that we will be back not next Friday, but the following Friday. That would be August 25th with a double feature review of Urban Legends from 1998 and Urban Legends Final Cut from 2000. And as always, if you have a question for the three of us here at the podcast, please hit us up using that hashtag in film we trust for all of your questions you'd like us here to answer on the show so we can bring back that question of the week segment. And if for whatever reason you're not on Twitter to use that in film we trust hashtag, Hit us up on our email at cinefession, uh, contact at cinefessions.com or give us a call at our voicemail at 1-302-448-TALK. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it might be that you're listening to us. Those positive reviews help us reach a larger audience, which is always the goal. So we really appreciate you taking the time to leave us that review. And another reminder, you can always reach us on social media. We love interacting with you guys there. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So make sure you're following along on all three of those platforms. And also, Mark, where else can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at uh, Mark with E. So Mark underscore Nado. Me on Instagram at mnado02. Fantastic. And finally, you can follow me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. Mark, thank you for joining me these past couple episodes. Um, if for whatever reason you uh, you can't make the next the next two, we completely understand, but we will miss you. I will be uh, updating uh, my progress on uh, Instagram and uh, uh, my tweet on Twitter here. But uh, yeah. again, it's always a pleasure. And if I can, I will. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. So I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 102 of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film, we trust... We'll catch you next time.